Hey, everybody, Stefan Molyneux. Hope you're doing well. Please don't forget to help out the show at freedomainradio.com slash donate. That's freedomainradio.com slash donate. Two calls tonight. The first one, a little lengthy, but well worth digging into. It's about a man who believes that he is being gang stalked. And if you don't know what that is, well, you'll have a bit of a clearer idea after the conversation. And the second is with a caller. He's called in before. His name is Bob. And we talked about South Africa and the good and the bad of what has happened. It's probably really since the post-war period, but in particular since apartheid. So very, very important show. Thank you, everyone, for your support of Free Domain Radio. Please check out theartoftheargument.com. You can do your shopping at fdrurl.com forward slash Amazon. And most importantly, I really hope you enjoy the show. Okay, first we have Sanjay. He wrote in and said, I and my ex-wife have been in a child custody battle over our only child, born May 2011, since 2014. My ex-wife has been a member since 2008 of an organization which runs a women's shelter in the Los Angeles area. I am subject to convert harassment since August 2015, which I have concluded is state-sponsored and state-funded and is carried out by highly professional and organized security agencies who work closely with local, regional, and national law enforcement and intelligence agencies. This covert harassment is 24-7, uses, among other harassment tactics, highly classified directed energy devices that target the central nervous system and cause neurophysiological disorders without leaving any signs of physical injury. It has totally upended my life, is slowly but surely deconstructing my body, and does not allow me to live or go to work anywhere. I have never been accused of or charged with anything whatsoever. Quite obviously, the state resources are being manipulated here for private interests. How can I get the state to stop subjecting me to 24-7, constant, horrifying, and humiliating terror? That's from Sanjay. Sanjay, how are you tonight? Hi, Stefan. I'm good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. Man, that is, a, that is a terrifying experience, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. And tell me what happened. Uh, in the beginning, uh, so I'll start with uh, 2008, uh, or actually 2007, uh, when me and my ex-wife now uh, were separated for about a year. And uh, during that year of separation, she came in contact with this organization called uh uh, I'm sorry, I have been uh, exposed yesterday night and uh, I'm having some difficulty speaking. So uh, speech impairment uh, uh, is one of the tech, uh, is also one of the uh, uh, effects of this uh, uh, harassment, which includes uh, directed energy devices. So you were, so you were attacked or exposed to an energy weapon yesterday and that's interfering with your Flu fluency? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm exposed to these uh, dark energy devices every day. It's not just yesterday night or, or yesterday, every day, every single day. Right. And I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, so in 2007, me and my uh, ex-wife uh, were separated for a period of about one year. At that time, she uh, came in contact with this woman's shelter organization. Uh, 
Why yeah. was she in contact with the women's shelter? Uh, because uh, I had left the apartment in which we were staying, and uh, my ex-wife, uh, uh, who at that time was my wife, uh, she had just started working a couple of months ago, and so she could not figure out how she could uh, live independently. But what was going on, uh, Sanjay, what was going on in your marriage that your wife left without any place to go? Uh, no, she did not leave. I left the apartment in which we were staying together. Well, but did uh, you so leave and then stop paying any kind of rent or utilities? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, I did stop paying the rent because I was not living there. I had to rent another apartment to live. Did she have any kind of income? Uh, she did have an income. She had started working just a few months before we were separated. But she didn't have enough income to pay for the apartment, right? Uh, it's uh, difficult to say. Probably she had just enough income to be able to pay for the apartment and her expenses. And what about uh, your child? At that time, we didn't have a child. So our child was born in 2011. Oh, sorry. Okay, got it. Got it. So you moved yeah. out. Now, why did you move out? Uh, because uh, we were uh, having uh, arguments, we were not speaking much with each other. There was uh, 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 a lot of bitterness between the two of us. And uh, what triggered my leaving the apartment was that one day, uh, you know, I called her multiple times at uh, her uh, at our apartment home phone, and she would not pick up. And then uh, I was uh, really scared that, you know, why she's not picking up the phone. I mean, at least pick up the phone. And then when I went home, there was no explanation other than that. I just didn't want to pick up the phone. So uh, a couple of months after that, uh, I moved out of the apartment. Well, then that kind of been the immediate incident. If it was a couple of months later, you moved out. What happened between her not picking up the phone and you moving out? Uh, not much really. We were not speaking with each other. With each other. I was not spending uh, uh, too much time at home. If I was at at the apartment, I was just uh, looking at my uh, laptop or, or watching TV, and we were not uh, speaking too much. Uh, and uh, 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 and there were uh, obviously it's a long time ago, so I don't remember. Uh, uh, every single day in that period. Uh, but uh, uh, I am quite sure that there were arguments. If we were speaking, then we were speaking uh, not on on friendly terms or in even terms, but we were speaking in accusations and uh, recriminations. And how long were you married? When did you get married? We got married in uh, July 2003. 2008? Or 2003. 2003, okay. And how long did it take before things went badly? Uh, so about four. Uh, actually, things uh, had been up and down uh, right after the marriage. So uh, a couple of months after marriage, uh, uh, she went back to her uh, her mom's home. Uh, actually, her uh, not her real mom, but her aunt. Because her aunt is the one who had raised her after uh, she was five. So she Although moved out. She, she moved back life. with her aunt after yeah. a couple of months after you got married. And why did she do that? Uh, well, yeah, that's also because it's quite 
a long time ago, but I think uh, uh, there were arguments and uh, uh, there was uh, not a uh, uh, feeling of uh, uh, happiness at that time, maybe. Uh, and uh, I was also not happy, so I uh, and maybe because I was not happy, she was not happy also. So just uh, was there any uh, uh, physical violence or aggression in the marriage? Uh, no. Why did you get married if you didn't get along? Well, I'm from India, and this marriage uh, happened in India, so it was an arranged marriage. Uh, arranged marriage in the sense that uh, uh, we. Uh, were matched uh, by uh, uh, what is known as uh, matrimonials uh, in in India. So, so it's kind of like uh, uh, mat. No, Sorry, really I, like I get it. I get it. You com, had arranged marriage. All yeah, right. Now, yeah, yeah. So, did you live in America for some time? You went back to India to have an arranged marriage, and then you brought this arranged marriage back to America. Is that right? Uh, yes, so uh, not exactly, uh, not uh, uh, it, it was not exactly like that, but almost like that. So I, I worked in, in US for uh, 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 a few years, then I went back to India, I started working in India. Uh, and that's when uh, a few months after I started working in India, I got married. And do you think that America is benefiting from you and your wife and your child living in America? Uh, well, when I came to America, I came to America uh, after marriage. I came in 2005 May. So my objective was not to benefit America. My objective was to benefit myself and my family. Uh, so well, that's admirably uh, honest. So you came here to get stuff from America, not to provide stuff to America. Obviously not. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, no, that's uh, that's. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, whatever rays you're being hit with, they're they're not dislodging <laughs> your honesty. <laughs> Uh, and I, I appreciate yeah, that. Course. That's very, that's very frank. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, actually, it's not that unusual because I'm a software engineer. No, 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 no. Uh, let's not, let's not, let's not back away from yeah. it. Let's, that's that's okay. what was said. And and okay. So, why did you want to have a child with a woman you weren't getting along with? Uh, no, so it's not exactly like that. So uh, we uh, had some issues in marriage uh, right after marriage, uh, maybe uh, a couple of months after marriage. Uh, and then we had intermediate, uh, intermittent issues once or twice uh, again for the next couple of years. But then, uh, 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 not next couple of years. So, so after marriage, we had issues for about, I would say, three to six months, maybe. And then we got settled and you know, I was happy. In, I was happy with my job. Uh, I was traveling. I traveled to London in that period. Uh, I traveled to uh, US for a few months. And I would travel and uh, my ex-wife would be uh, in India, uh, either staying with her pet, her mom, her foster mom, or either staying uh, um, in our uh, apartment in India. So, so you were working in the software fields in America for some time, yeah. right? Uh, yes. Uh, how long for? Uh, how long? I have been working in software field in America. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would say 15, 16 years. No, but oh, in, in America as well? Oh, in America. Yeah, actually, most of the work that 
I've been doing has been in America. So yeah, so most of the time I've been working in America after I left India. Uh, uh, so, so I left India in uh, 98, uh, worked in America for about four years. Then uh, I went back to India in 2001, uh, no, actually 2002, and then I came back to America in 2005. Right. Had so your ex-wife been to America before? No, she had never. I mean, she did not even have a passport when we got married. Right. And what was her education like? Uh, uh, her education? Mm. Uh, she had uh, uh, a Bachelor of Education and uh, uh, she said that she also has a Master's in Botany. In Botany? Yes. Closing that crucial botany gap in the American skill set. All right. So then your child was born in 2011, right? And you, you were getting along yes. better with your wife at that point, right? Actually, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So uh, as I mentioned, that in 2007, we got separated, started staying separately. I'm and sorry, can you she, say that again? Uh, so in, uh, in 2007, uh, I... Uh, Starts staying separately uh, in uh, in another apartment, and she uh, went to this woman's organization and started staying in uh, a shelter uh, that this woman's organization. Uh, and how is, ran, is, is the shelter, shelter paid for by taxpayers? Yes, of course. All Excellent. The so you bring you bring your wife over to America from India, and then she ends up living in a taxpayer-funded women's shelter because your marriage is terrible? Uh, yes, although at that time she was working. So it's not that she was not working, but she chose to uh, live in shelter because they had other facilities there. All right, the so she has a master's place. in botany, although yeah. I assume that the master's in botany has more to do with Indian botany than, say, American botany. She has a master's degree in botany, Sanjay, and what did she end up doing for a living in America? Uh, so uh, her first job that she started uh, sometime around uh, November or December of 2000, uh, 2007, uh, a few months before we separated, was as uh, an uh, administrative assistant uh, to the executive director. So she was the secretary? Oh, uh, yes. Right. And uh, her English was good before she came, is that right? No. Did she speak English before she came to America? Uh, not much. Just uh, a few words, I guess, I think. So how did she get a job? But did she study English, I guess, on the taxpayer's uh, dime? Did she study English when she came to America? Uh, yes. So when, we came, when I came to uh, U.S. on a work permit, uh, H-1B, in 2005, May, uh, is when uh, 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 I came to America on uh, uh, H-1B. And uh, uh, I asked her to join me in 2005, uh, June, a month after uh, I came. Uh, so she was just uh, being a housewife and it was going all right. I mean, you know, I was working and uh, I was happy with my work and we were watching TV, we were speaking also. Uh, uh, and we had uh, rather decent uh, 
uh, home and family life, I would say. Uh, although uh, she had been pining for a child, so we did try for a child, and she had a miscarriage. So that was a major event. She had a miscarriage in 2006. And uh, that... Uh, uh, and that... Uh, obviously affected her badly and uh, okay sorry i mean i she, appreciate the information sanjay but that's not what yeah. i asked so just you know okay. fight through the energy weapon effects and and just try and focus on how did she did how did she learn english to the point where she was able to be an administrative assistant i assume that she needs to speak english to be an administrative assistant uh yeah so i, I encouraged her to enroll in community college uh, because we were living in Los Angeles, and she did a few courses. Uh, oh, she did courses in English? Uh, yes, yeah, uh, yes. Okay, and then she had, and was it an H-1B visa that you came across on? Yes. Right, right. So then she had a miscarriage, and uh, was she covered under the healthcare that's provided by your work, or how did you guys pay for the healthcare? Uh, my employer uh, had an health insurance plan, and I was a member of uh, that plan. Right. So instead of hiring an American worker, you bring across your wife who doesn't speak English and then has a miscarriage. All right. So then you did have the child in 2011, right? Yes. And how long after you had the child did your marriage break up? Uh, about... Uh, two years it started fraying on the edges and then in 2014 August which is about three years and three months after our child was born that she filed for divorce and why did she file for divorce in particular uh, well I mean divorce uh, it's very I, mean, uh, I, uh, I don't uh, think that there's a single reason when uh, um, person files for divorce, so so was the case uh, in our marriage. So, but the main reason why the uh, why the relationship started fraying, and we uh, had started having arguments around uh, after our child was two years old, is uh, uh, because uh, I uh and our child were very very attached to each other and we had a very very strong morning we were always hanging out together and my ex-wife just could not digest that uh, i well your ex-wife so didn't attached. like the fact that you and your child had a strong bond uh yeah <laughs> why uh, i don't know you tell me i mean uh, see, i can't tell you that... man i wasn't married to the woman <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. uh, okay. I, I mean, I had, uh, uh, so I'm sorry about that. My question was because I mean, uh, uh, because I uh, have, I have, I largely have my own experience as a basis of what I. Okay, uh, so you don't know. You don't know why your marriage split up. You uh, don't know actually, why you weren't actually, getting along. Okay, I get it. Now, no, actually, I can. Yeah, I can. Well, hang on, that. hang on. So, so uh, yeah. your wife was able to stay because your child is an American citizen, being born in America, not quite an anchor baby, but along those lines. Is that right? So, uh, if you didn't have, if she didn't have a child and you got a divorce, wouldn't she have to go back to India? Uh, okay, it's a little bit more complicated, more complicated than that. So uh, I had we, a feeling it uh, might be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we came back together in uh, in 2009, uh, around August of 2009. We came back together after a separation of about one year, 
And at that time, yes, I was still on work permit and she wanted the child. Uh, oh, sorry, Sanjay, uh, I'm just curious. So yeah. if you bring a wife, if you bring your wife over and you separate, doesn't yeah. she have to go back? Uh, I am not sure, but I would think that that might be the case, yes. So are you supposed to inform the immigration department that your wife and you are separated and then she would have to go back or did you just not tell the immigration department? Uh, well, we were separated, but uh, and I had actually uh, I had filed for divorce, but then uh, uh, we never uh, uh, or I never followed it up. I never went back to the uh, court to ask for the judgment of divorce. So it was we were separated, but we were not legally divorced. So in that case, I'm not sure if uh, if uh, uh, well, one phone call could have sorted that yeah. out, but I guess. You didn't make that phone call. You didn't find out. So then she's facing going back to India, and then she gets back together with you, has the child, which allows her to stay in America, and then yep. she divorces you, right? Uh, yes. Do you think any of those things might be related? Uh, of course, they are related. Uh, so, you know, as we see many times that uh, women take advantage of men, and uh, they want to have a child, the man or stable, and who has uh, income or uh, wealth. And then once uh, they have got the hook uh, with which to extract uh, the benefits or other things uh, which uh, they want to extract, then it's all over. And, uh, and increasingly, as you have mentioned so many times, that men are becoming very, very dispensable. So uh, yes, of course. So then she divorced you or, or she separated from you. She doesn't have to leave because she's the mother to, I guess, a U.S. citizen, which is your child. And then she goes to what? She goes to live at the women's shelter. Is that right? Uh, no. So I think uh, there are two events here. So one is the event in 2008, 2009 when we were separated. The other is the, uh, other is the divorce filing in 2014. So they are separated by about six years. So uh, the previous event, 2008-2009, is when I was on an H-1B visa. But after our child was born, around uh, in two, uh, early 2012, I got the green card. So in 2014, sh she was not dependent on her child uh, to stay in America. Uh, well, no, but if she wanted she, to leave you, she was dependent yeah, on the child, right? Not in 2014. Not in 2014, because in 2012, I got my green card through my employer. But what does that and have to do with your wife's immigration status? Uh, because when I applied for my green card, I also applied for her green card. Oh, so she and got so a green card got, too? She got a green card too. All right. All right. Okay, got it. Okay, so then what's going on with the child custody battle? Uh, child custody battle... Uh, uh, Again, it's, it's complicated. It's a long story. So when uh, uh, the divorce was finalized in May of 2015, uh, a couple of months before that, uh, actually January 2015, the court had adjudicated that the custody is going to be 50% each parent. Uh, and uh, that was the case until, until uh, January of 2016. Uh, so 
in January 2016, I went to the police station to report harassment. <laughs> to report harassment? Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. Because harassment, the harassment how? Started, what kind of harassment? Uh, the, uh, the harassment is covert harassment. Oh, hang on. Is, sorry, uh, sorry, Sanjay. I thought you meant from yeah. your, your ex-wife. So we'll get to the covert harassment in, in just a second here, but I just want to right. make sure I understand. So there's been this child custody battle going on. Yeah. Is yeah. she still an administrative assistant? Uh, she's a project co uh, a project co coordinator now. Oh, okay. So how is she paying for the very expensive lawyers that can be involved in, in family custody battles? Uh, well, uh, see, uh, when we divorced as part of the settlement agreement, I paid her about uh, $75,000 in cash. And uh, I also transferred to her uh, retirement assets to the uh, amount of about $50,000 uh, in her name. So has she been uh, using your money to pay lawyers to try and take your child away from you? Uh, well, she uh, uh, has been using uh, that money, of course, uh, uh, but also because, uh, I mean, uh, although the custody battle has been going on for the past three years, it's not as if uh, we are going to the court every month. So there have been periods when I have not been able to go to the court. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you, you've, been, you've been also tying up the American legal system. Uh, not so much, but yes, uh, I, yeah, uh, I mean, custody battles yes. are long and involved. And so that's just less court time available for Americans. I just, you know, want everyone to understand right. the, the joys of H1B visas and immigration yeah. and migration and so on. All right. Well, and what's the status of, of that child custody battle at the moment? At the moment, uh, I have no custody whatsoever, neither legal nor physical. Custody. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Why? And I am paying. Uh, I uh, am. Uh, I have been granted uh, twelve hours of uh, of visitation. Uh, sorry, I can't hear. I can't understand. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just a little bit of the accident uh, of the accident. Sorry, of the accident that that you have. The accident is so familiar to me. I expect to be accidentally hung up on from tech support. Um, so. Yeah. What, so you said I, that uh, uh, you you have zero custody, right? Zero custody. I have zero percent physical custody, zero percent legal custody, and I have twelve hours of supervised visitation every week. So twelve hours supervised, and so the government yeah. is paying for the supervision too, right? No, I, that, that I'm paying. Oh, you're paying for the supervision. Okay, got it. Yes. But how are you? paying for these things if you're not working yeah i mean i'm uh, draining my retirement accounts my retirement accounts are, uh, are pretty much exhausted i'm on the last legs of uh, any uh, of my financial resources i'm in debt so i have credit card debts and uh, uh, yeah i mean but uh, i love my child so much that uh, uh, i mean even if i have to pay 500 dollars to see her for a few hours i have been doing that Right. For the last uh, why did you so. why did you lose any custody? Yeah, so that's uh, what so as I said, I the court had granted uh, fifty percent physical and uh, I'm sorry, can you just uh, say that again? Uh, yeah, so in January twenty fifteen uh, the court had granted uh, half uh, half custody, fifty percent custody to each of the parents. Right. 
but my ex-wife was never uh, happy with that. Uh, she was always exhorting me that, oh, no, you are not uh, dropping her off uh, to her preschool in time. You are not picking her up in time. So you should uh, see her only on the weekends and I should have five days. But I, of course, refused because... Uh, was she right about father, that? Were you not dropping her off at, on time or...? Uh, uh, to a certain extent. So, so yes, uh, when I would uh, drop, uh, uh, I would try to drop her off, then she would uh, um, uh, start playing games and uh, start crying. No, I want to play a little bit more. I want to go to this. Uh, I want to get an ice cream first, then I'll go to preschool. Or I want to spend some time in the park, then I'll go to preschool. And how? who was paying so, for preschool? Uh, well, I, for the preschool, we were paying half and half. So I was paying 50% and my ex-wife was, ex, ex was also paying 50%. How much was the preschool? It was uh, $1,500 a month. Right. Okay. Right. And did your daughter like the preschool? No, she did not. Why did you, I mean, why, why didn't your wife just try and stay home with her? Uh, because uh, she uh, she wanted to work, she liked the income. Uh, and well, she liked she the was, income more than she liked her yes. daughter, right? Uh, I would say yes. No, empirically. Yeah, because, empirically, if if yes, you yes. if you're taking money and dumping your kid in in preschool or yes. daycare or kindergarten or whatever it is, mm -hmm. then clearly you prefer the money to time with your daughter. Yeah, but uh, I don't think it's only that. It's also that the uh, also is peer pressure uh, on mothers to uh, work and be uh, recognized as uh, women who are protected. So, especially in oh, California, so peer pressure is an excuse. Uh, yes. So women fully accept that peer pressure is a good reason to do terrible things. All right, uh, they, that's uh, interesting. I, want, I that. wonder how when your daughter gets older. And she starts succumbing to peer pressure, what your ex-wife is going to say? Uh, they won't admit to that uh, because uh, uh, there are a bunch of other factors also. Like, you know, they want to be independent women. They want to be recognized for their work and stuff like that. Uh, like uh, all, the, uh, all the women who are, in, uh, who are in national politics, for example, they exhort women to be uh, you know, independent and make career out of the uh, out of themselves as uh, all the men. No, are I get that. But so, women women yeah. say to men, like the, a lot of feminists will say to men, even though women believe in this magical patriarchy that men have to resist it and men have to not do what society says, and you got to be more sensitive. So the idea that women would use peer pressure as an excuse when they basically have been opposing it through feminism for the past hundred years or so just seems kind of funny. No, peer, peer pressure is never an excuse for a man, but it's a perfect excuse for a woman. Uh, peer pressure is never an excuse for conforming to a, an imaginary patriarchy, but it's always a perfect excuse for actually not spending time raising your own child. All right. Okay. So that's my, my little rant there. So, Sanjay, when did you last work? Uh, I worked uh, last, uh, last week. So uh, I was working until last week. You, wait, you've been working full-time and you just lost your job last week or quit last week? Uh, I lost my job last week. Wow. And that's the uh, job I, that you had throughout the time period? 
Uh, no, uh, I have had many jobs. Uh, this is the job which I started in, uh, uh, in, in August. So it's been. But how many months. jobs have you had? Roughly since you uh, came to, I mean, I guess you're working on your resume. You have some idea of this, right? Yeah, so since you came I, to America, how many jobs have you had? Or let's just say, take out the longest job that you have, and then how many jobs the, have you had? The longest job I have had is about three years and nine months. Yeah. And the total number of jobs I've had is around 10. And 10 last, jobs? Uh, 10 jobs. And last three years alone, I've had four jobs. But doesn't that make you a terrible worker? Simply because, I mean, I've run an IT department mm -hmm. and a software coding department. It Doesn't it take yeah. quite a while to get up to speed and to learn the coding practices and to understand the existing code base and to know what needs to be done? I mean, aren't you just getting up to speed before the job goes bye-bye? Uh, maybe uh, in, uh, uh, in some circumstances, but not always. So, for example, if you're an accomplished uh, Java engineer, you can start contributing to the code base within two to three days. Uh, you know, after all, uh, uh, after all, the practices of software development are not very different uh, across different organizations. So uh, there is going to be a source code repository. I don't know. I mean, I get all of that, Sanjay, but I'm yeah. just telling you, yeah. I never would have let a coder contribute to the code base of the software that I had developed, which was being sold for hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. I would right. never have let a coder after a couple of days contribute to the working code base of the program. Uh, yes, it does take, I would say, to uh, be, uh, I mean, in my experience, and everybody's, other people's experience can be different. My experience, it does take two to three weeks before uh, an engineer, even though an experienced engineer. So over, over what time frame, effectively. sorry, over what number of years have you had 10 jobs? Uh, around 12 years. 12 years, okay. So, yeah. and does that, that, does that include the three years and nine months job? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, so if we take that out, you've had nine or 10 jobs over eight years or nine years, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. And is it true that you stay at the places for about a year or so or some longer and some shorter? Uh, mostly shorter. So like my last job was about two months. Before that, my job was uh, about six to seven months. Two months? And another one before that. Uh, yeah, the one which... Uh, Wait, was it supposed to be two was, months or was, was it supposed months. to be longer? Uh, it was supposed to be six months and uh, it was supposed to uh, extend. Uh, depending on the project, uh, but uh, I uh, lost it uh, because uh, I've been going through a lot of difficulty and uh, in the last three years, I've been very, very difficult to work because I'm also covertly harassed at workplace. I'm sorry, so, just say that last bit again? Uh, because I also am covertly harassed at workplace, so it's very, oh, this very covert harassment also occurs at the workplace. Did they? The workplace. What sort of behavior did your manager or managers see at your previous job that caused them to let you go? Like, what did you do? Do you think that may have been confusing to them? Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, the. Uh, the behavior, uh, uh, not behavior, but uh, that I was not appearing to be interested and I was not, uh, uh, I was not contributing as much as uh, I had been contributing when I started. Uh, 
uh, which was only a month and a half uh, half before that. Uh, so, and also they actually they uh, they did not say that uh, uh, I'm being fired because uh, of my uh, because of because they are having issues with me specifically. But they told me that uh, 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 they are not able to afford uh, the cost. Mm. Uh, well, certainly, if you I weren't being it. that productive, then they wouldn't be able right. to afford the cost, right? Exactly. Right. But do you think that they may have noticed any unusual behavior on your part related to the gang stalking? No. Okay. All right. Okay. So just before we get to the covert harassment, Sanjay, and I appreciate your patience as I slither through the backstory, you, you said because we ask people to do this adverse childhood experience score and you had yeah. an adverse childhood experience score of zero which yeah. is extraordinarily unusual even for the west and i would say virtually unheard of in india as a whole so was that accurate do you think i mean i'll go through it again just so you have some sort of idea right so the list is this Verbal abuse or threats? Did you ever experience any of those as a child growing up in India? I lost you there. Did you ever experience as a child growing up in India any verbal abuse or threats? Maybe, but I would say very low degree. So did you experience growing up in India any physical abuse? This not include spanking, like hitting or hitting with implements or anything like that? Uh, no, no. Really? Yeah. Extraordinarily nope. unusual for India. All right. Did you have any experiences with molestation or sex or rape as a child? No, not at all. Uh, did you ever experience a lack or no family love or support? Uh, yes, in some period, especially when I was, uh, I was in my high school, then uh, I did have uh, uh, a cooling off period. Uh, not cooling off period, but I had uh, uh, a tense period with my mom and my dad. And You had uh, fear of your mom and dad? Uh, not fear, but tense. Uh, uh, I would say uh, <coughs> not fear, but tense relations. A tense relations. And why did you have tense relations, Sanjay? Well, because uh, I was uh, in my high school and I was uh, uh, thinking of myself as a man, as a grown-up person. And I was thinking that I'm not being accorded as much, uh, uh, as much uh, value. Uh, I was not being heard as much as I ought to be heard because uh, I'm grown up and I'm smart. Uh, so yeah, so there was a period which was tense. Oh, yeah. So you wanted more independence than you were getting as a teenager, is that right? Uh, yes, that's right. All right. Uh, now, what about, uh, did you experience any neglect as a child growing up uh, in India? Not enough food or dirty clothes, no protection or medical treatment? No, not at all. Were your parents divorced at all? No, they were not. Did you ever see physical abuse towards a female adult? Uh, yes, that I think I've seen, yes. So my dad... Uh, uh, I think I remember that my dad might have uh, 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 scolded my mom and might 
now you know I, I don't want to go live on this but uh, he might have uh, 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 used his hands on my mom yes you mean he might have hit her uh, yes he might have hit her wouldn't you remember that no because it, it might be that it was just maybe once or twice when I was very young and or maybe I heard that uh, uh, I watched it on TV. Uh, so I know, actually, I don't remember that distinctly that he did. But he might have because they had arguments and they were uh, angry with each other. Right. Uh, in particular, when I was growing up, uh, in particular, when I was uh, really young, like small, maybe four, six or eight, something like that. Now, did you live with an alcoholic or drug user? No. Did you have a household member who was depressed or mentally ill or had a suicide attempt? No. And uh, no household member in prison, I'm going to assume? No. Right. Now, what was the, um, were you were you raised uh, religious and what was the religion? Well, uh, in India, the most popular religion is Hinduism and my uh, mom and dad are Hindus and I'm also Hindu. But I've never practiced. I used to go to temples because everybody else did. And that's pretty much it. And uh, so I was not uh, raised as a, uh, a practicing uh, uh, religious uh, Hindu. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So I appreciate that background. And I guess now we will dig into the subject itself. August 2015 is when yes. you say that the covert harassment began now what happened in august of 2015 that led you this to this conclusion okay so uh so can i uh, go back a little bit and uh, it's, it's your story sanjay however okay. you want to tell it is is fine with me so august 2015 uh the court harassment began and it was not the first time that i experienced court harassment the first time that i experienced court harassment was in august 2008 August two thousand and eight. A few months, a few months after I was uh, staying by myself, and I had left the apartment. Uh, oh, so after you kind of ditched your wife and moved yeah. out, you yeah. experienced this targeted harassment. So, or this this um, covert harassment. So, this has been going on for more than ten years. No, not really. So, immediate. So, in two thousand nine, of uh, no, no. But what happened July, August two thousand and eight? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, 2000 of so 2009 July, uh, we decided to uh, come back together and stay together again, and immediately the covert harassment stopped, and there was no harassment until August 2015. But okay, but what? So okay, so again. August 2008 was the first time, and was it yeah. July 2009? Yes, you you uh, got back together, stopped. and the covert yeah. harassment stopped. So the covert harassment people don't like it when you're single. Is that right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of you. Like I'm genuinely trying to understand the pattern here, right? Because you say it happened mm -hmm. yeah. when mm -hmm. you separated from your wife, but then when you got back together, then the covert yeah. harassment stopped, right? Yes. Right. And then it started up again, you say, in August 2015, right? Yes. Now, what was significant about August 2015? Uh... In the beginning, there was no significant difference from the way it started. No, August but was there an, an event? Because you say August oh, 2008 was, was when you separated okay. from your wife. 
and because uh, we uh, got divorced in May 2015. Okay, so it started again because you were separated from your wife. Is that correct? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed you. It, uh, so yeah. the, the covert harassment started again because you separated from your wife in 2015, right? Uh, actually, uh, I separated in 2014, so I left uh, the apartment that we were staying in in, August, in November 2014, and I got my own apartment. But there was something you gave me in 2015 that was part of the divorce process? Uh, May 2015, the divorce judgment was finalized. Okay, okay. So May 2015, divorce finalized, right? Yeah. And then the harassment began in August. Oh, yes. Do you think that the covert harassment group might have been watching you from July of 2009 when you got back together with your wife until the summer or spring or summer of 2015 when the divorce was finalized? And then they said, well, his divorce is finalized, so we're going to harass him again. Uh, not at all. So, uh, in August uh, 2009, uh, the court harassment stopped completely. Um, and it stopped uh, within a space of uh, one to two days. That's when you got back together stopped. with your wife? Yeah, I got back together with her in July. And uh, just in that period, I think July itself, it stopped. But they must, if it's, days. sorry, Sanjay, but if the harassment yeah. is related to you being mm -hmm. separated from your wife, Right. Then there was no harassment from July 2009 until August 2015 because you were with your wife. Do you think that they were watching you or they were looking for the divorce papers or something like that to start harassing you again? Uh, no, it's not like that. So uh, the harassment at that time was because I was separated and uh, she was uh, a client uh, of this uh, Organization which runs a woman's shelter. So harassment started at that time to, uh, uh, I mean, it could have multiple objectives to, uh, I mean, you could speculate on that. They haven't told me why this started. So it could be, it could be a punishment or it could be to force me to come together with her uh, in some way or the other. Oh, so the, the government is paying people to harass you so that you'll reconcile with your wife? Uh, well, it's difficult to say government. So government is government Trump or is government uh, no, you the know, state of Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sanjay, Sanjay, hang on. You said, yeah. which I have concluded yes. is state-sponsored and state-funded. Yeah. That's yeah, what you wrote. So yes, but state has multiple actors. And uh, is state the uh, is state of California, uh, is that the governor, is that the attorney? General of California, or so there might be actors who might be uh, who might be able to do something like this, and they are part of the state and uh, they are able to authorize this. But uh, in in doing this kind of thing to a person who's not who's never been accused or charged with anything, is it the state doing it, or is it those individual actors who uh, are using the state authority? Right. Uh, to do that, so it's a complicated thing. Okay, now Sanjay, I, I wanted to—I just want to ask you something before we continue. Sure. So it takes a lot of courage, given what you believe, to call into a show like this. So let me ask you this: What percentage yeah. do you think it is likely that I am, in fact, working with these covert harassers? 
In other words, that they've gotten to me, uh, they know that you're calling in and they're sending me messages yeah. or they've prepped me on how to, to talk to you. Like, what do, do you think that that's a likelihood? And if so, what percentage likelihood is it that I'm working with them? Uh, well, uh, I have been listening to your uh, podcast for uh, uh, a few weeks now. And uh, I... Uh, I understand your philosophy to a certain extent, and I understand where you are coming from. Well, you don't understand it enough to know that it's not my philosophy, but all right, that's good. couple of weeks, we're, <laughs> okay. we're there. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, I would say, uh, and uh, at the same time, I uh, I am a person who wants to say that anything is impossible because after all, it's probability and statistics. So I would say, I would give, you know, if I were to give an answer in a few seconds, I would say 1% possibility that Maybe the case, but ninety nine percent no. Well, because so you said ninety percent yeah. no, ten percent that I could be working with the covert harassers. Oh no, ninety nine. Sorry, so 1%. I, I, hey, I made it into the one percent. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> I'm rich. Now, do you think that they're also tracking what you do online and and through computers and so on? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So Emails. they would know that you've been listening to my show, right? Perfect. Right. So, I mean, if they had any idea. Oh, and also, yeah. if they can read your emails, right? You sent emails to my producer saying that you wanted to be in on this show, right? Yes. Yeah. I, so, absolutely. I'm not trying to get you going here. I'm just saying that right. in the worldview that you're bringing to this conversation, it's entirely possible yeah. that they would have gotten to me in some way, right? Uh, no, not really, because you are not an uh, unknown person. You are not an unknown entity. You have followers. You have uh, you are a YouTube uh, personality, uh, and some people will say that you are a YouTube celebrity as well. Uh, and I, I think you are actually. <laughs> so, so, uh, so uh, why would they risk? And uh, because oh, uh, I might blow uh, their cover. Like if they come to me with, "You've got to talk about this with Sanjay. We want you to say this." I might blow their cover. Uh, yeah, you're too big a person. Okay, I mean, they okay. might approach like a person who uh, who runs a store, but they're not going to approach Trump to say that, you know, can you <laughs> do this? Right. No, because, I mean, I just want to point this out because there are people who genuinely uh, believe that I'm part uh, of some sinister larger network, that I'm some sort of gatekeeper, uh, that I answer to the Zionist overlords or, you know, something like there are people <laughs> who believe that I'm part of some... <laughs> I don't know what, and I just, I just want to say straight up to you and to everyone out there. I decide what I talk about. I am not part of any big conspiracy. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I don't take money to 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 alter my opinions or perspectives. I I don't have any bat signals. I don't get any secret coded messages using my Batman decoder ring. I don't get any messages inside my Weetabix. I just am straight up. Now, I also fully understand. That if I was part of a conspiracy, that's exactly what I would say. But this is part of the no null hypothesis problem of this kind of mindset. I'm just saying, uh, no one has contacted me, and uh, I, uh, um, I'm, I'm speaking to you straight, man to man. Just so you know. All right. Yes. So let's go back to August 2008. What happened that was out of the ordinary, Sanjay, that led you to believe that you may be targeted? Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so I would uh, go to the restroom and uh, uh, do my thing, uh, 
I'll do the PP. And then... Oh, like uh, a number one, day, right? Yeah, number one. Yeah, I always get confused between number one, number two, but it's number one. Yes. So I'll go do the number one and then I'll hear a loud uh, knock or a tap under the... Uh, uh, either on the roof or under the toilet. And under the toilet? Would, you mean on, on the, on the floor, under the toilet? Yeah. Boy, boy yes. that's a bad job. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> you know, like, hey, welcome to the covert harassment unit, my friend. We need you to stay under the toilet just in case. We're going to bring him lots of water. Don't get me wrong. But in case Sanjay has to go, we need you to stay under the toilet and knock. And they're like, can I get the roof thing? No, that's only after you've been here for a while. You've got to earn the roof before that. You're under the toilet. All right. So you get a loud um, knock under the toilet and, so and or like, on the okay, roof, right? Maybe... Yeah, uh, actually, uh, let's. Uh, yeah, I don't remember distinctly. So, mm, what I remember distinctly, it was definitely under the toilet. Uh, but in some other places, other locations, it might be on the roof also. Now, of so, course, the first time uh, this happens, right? You say yeah. to yourself, "Well, you know, plumbing makes yeah. sounds, and and things can shift around in the roof, and you know, maybe there's a cat up there, or a you know, a big bird landed, or so." For the first time, you're like, "Oh, that's right." You just kind of notice it, but you. Scooch on by, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then what happened? And then uh, I go again uh, after a couple of hours or so next day, and then it happens again. And okay, even that's fine. So it happens. Sorry, what was that? What was that again? So it happens again. There's the next log, time you go to the restroom in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to the restroom. I do the PP, and then it happens again. So that's also fine. All right, can happen two times. And this is, sorry to interrupt, this is the same zero. thing. This is the knock under the toilet? Yes, yeah. Yes. And so it happens five times. And uh, after it happens 10 times in a row, every time I go to the toilet, that's when I start, why is this happening? Is it my neighbor? Uh, and this is separate, uh, a different restaurant, is that right? No, not restaurant. This is my apartment. Oh, it's in your apartment. Okay, sorry, sorry. I got it, it never happens in a restaurant. Never it happens never in a happens. restaurant. Yeah, so it's my apartment. So I, apartment I've been staying in for, say, two to three months uh, at that time. Okay. Uh, so after, say, 10 time, I s start really thinking about it, that uh, it might be my neighbor who's trying to uh, who's trying Just to mess with me. your head or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, uh, so, uh, that's the way it started. And then, uh, uh it uh, goes on and then it just becomes a routine. So, sorry, it becomes uh, what? 20 times. So it becomes a routine. So it happens every time I go to the restroom. Right. And, uh, so that is the way it started. Did you film uh, any of this or record any of this? Uh, yes, at that time I did. All right. Did you go to your landlord and say, there are these weird sounds coming from under my toilet? Uh, no, I did not. It's not so, uh, I mean, I wish I could, but it's not so straightforward to go to a landlord or something like that. Because you are a man with complications. I will certainly yes, say that. Exactly. Why can't exactly. you go to the landlord? Uh, why I can't go to the landlord? Because... Uh, 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 the landlord will come if he comes and uh, uh, how would a landlord respond to that? So if a person reports, uh, if, a, if a tenant calls the landlord and tells him that 
uh, every time I go to the restroom, I hear this loud knock mm -hmm. on the floor. Well, you said you recorded it, right? So you'd play back the recording of oh, you going to the washroom like 10 times in a row and this loud knock coming from under the toilet. I mean, if I were a landlord, I'd kind of like to know. So either I need to bring in an HVAC guy or a priest. Because you could play the recording, right? Uh, yeah, probably I, I could. But uh, at that time, I uh, did not uh, think that I had the credible. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in hindsight it was a mistake not to uh, have done that. Uh, but uh, see, I mean, it's uh, recording something like this. It takes a little bit of thoughtfulness to do something like this. So well, you got because, a cell phone, right? I mean, just point and click, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I well, mean, anyway, uh, so you you yeah, didn't record yeah. it and you didn't play it to the landlord. So, did it continue yeah. for the length of time that you stayed in that apartment? Uh, yes, and then other things started happening also. Like what? So this uh, is all like, in, in the uh, summer of two thousand and eight. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then uh, other things were uh, that uh, I uh, would uh, wake up up. To sleep first, I could, and then when I would wake up, uh, I would be extremely woozy, and my eyes would be uh, tired. Although I have had a few hours of sleep, and uh, my head would be heavy, and uh, I was just feeling like uh, uh, I'm the fall. I mean, that's the term that I'm using for the first time. But I would feel like uh, I'm disoriented, I am nauseous, and uh, I'm not feeling normal. So it's it's kind of like if you have a high fever, then you know that you know your body is uh, is not feeling normal. Uh, and in fever, you can measure the temperature, uh, but uh, in this particular uh, uh, in in the experience that I had, I did not have a temperature, but I was feeling nauseous and disoriented, and my eyelids were heavy, and I felt like uh, I was not able to keep my eyes. I felt like I had not slept at all while I have been unconscious for several hours. So you'd wake up in the middle of the night and feel tired and woozy? Uh, sometimes in the middle of the night, but even when I woke up in the morning, then uh, uh, my head would be heavy. Uh, uh, I'll be feeling tired and woozy, yes. Well, you, you were going through a lot of stress at this point in your life, right? Uh, not necessarily. So actually, Yes, come on, Sanjay, I, necessarily. You just broke up with your wife, right? Uh, Are you telling yes, me that's not stressful? Uh, not really. If uh, if uh, if the relationship uh, uh, is uh, is not going well, it's abusive, and uh, you are going through a lot of stress because of that. Actually, it is a relief. Uh, once you have broken up, it is a relief, and I felt that. Relief. Wait, how was and the relationship? Sorry, I may have missed this because I thought you just didn't get along. How was the relationship abusive? Yeah. Well, it was bad. I mean, we were not speaking. We uh, were, if we were speaking at all, it was always. But, but that's uh, stressful, right? Exactly. So that was stressful when I was with him. But as soon as I moved out, it just ended that stress. So you were going through stress. It's just, okay. So it's possible, of course, it's possible. This doesn't explain the loud yeah. knock from under the toilet, but it's possible that you weren't yeah. sleeping that well 
because you right. were stressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. did you go and see a doctor? Um, uh, uh, so no. Did I see a doctor? No. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Why that time, no. wouldn't you go and see a doctor? No landlord, no doctor. Why? Yeah. Uh, you got to check your maybe, hormones. You got to check your blood work. You got to, you know, it could be any number of things. Iron deficiency. I don't know. I'm not uh, a doctor, maybe but because I, uh, maybe because I had guessed that uh, I had estimated that uh, you know, doctor uh, will not be able to do anything about this. Well, that's what actually happened when in 2015 I did go to LNC. No, but sorry, but why, why, yeah, like if it's, if it's, if it's a natural cause, yeah. right? Like if you yeah. have some problem with your blood or your hormones mm-hmm. or whatever, then the doctor can try and help you with that. If you've uh, been poisoned, yeah, then the doctor can say, Hey, man, you've been poisoned, you know, and then mm-hmm. you have proof to bring no. to the police or, or something like that. So no, I'm trying I, to understand I, why no doctor in this situation. Actually, I did explain. Uh, actually, yeah, I take it back. So I did go uh, because uh, I was working at that time and I had uh, health insurance. So I did visit my doctor. Oh, you did go to the doctor two, three times during that period. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, it was not specifically to. Uh, wait, wait. How are we uh, going from yeah. you didn't see the doctor to you did see the doctor? Because no, no. <laughs> it sounds uh, to me, Sanjay, because, I'm going to be perfectly honest with yeah, you. It sounds yeah. to me like you right. said no doctor, yeah. and then I pointed out why it would be good, and you're like, oh wait, no, I did see a doctor. So I'm having no, trouble no, no, trusting no, this okay. part of the conversation, to be very frank. Yeah. Uh, allow me to explain. So, so when you said that, uh, did you see a doctor about this? So my thought was that, did I see a doctor specifically about this, about what I was going through? And the answer to that is no, not about that specifically. But did I see a doctor at all? Yes, I did. So because uh, I had a doctor in that time, and I did go to uh, him for the routine examination. I, I did explain to him my symptoms also what I was going through. You know, oh, you told him about the waking up, you, feeling tired in the middle yeah. of the night, which is okay. Uh, well, uh, it's not only waking up in the middle of the night, but after waking up, uh, the kind of experience that I had with my eyes being boozy, and, uh, uh, and my head being good. And what did your uh, doctor, did he take blood or she take so blood? My doctor, he, uh, uh, yes, so blood and urine and the other things that they do. And he did not find anything. Uh, so your blood work was normal, your urine was normal and so on, right? Yeah, and I want to add to that, that when you say that he might have checked for poison, no, they don't check for poison. So uh, checking for poison is a very, very specialized uh, 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 area. And any toxicology analysis has to be specifically ordered uh, with uh, the uh, with specific elements that I need to be checked for. Okay. Now, uh, was it toxic- your theory, Sanjay, that you yeah. were being yeah. poisoned in some way, or was this one of the energy weapons? Well, at that time, I was not so sure. So I was, I was trying to figure it out. So I was just experiencing this, but I didn't know what was exactly causing this, and. Uh, I had very little to go, uh, uh, I had very little to use to come to a conclusion of what is the cause. And even today, I'm not at 100% conclusion that what is this. So it is like energy weapons, uh, like energy devices, which I know that uh, exist, are classified. So you think it's possible, sorry, you think it's possible that in August of 2008, 
Yeah. You were being hit through the walls of your apartment with some sort of energy weapon that might have had you wake up in the middle of the night feeling woozy. Uh, now I am certain that that was the case. And oh, you're certain that that was the case. And and how did you achieve yeah. certainty in this situation? Uh, because of my experience in the last uh, uh, three years. Uh, last three years. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, because we've hang on. Yeah. Sorry, we got the knocking. We got the wooziness. Were there any other symptoms right. of this harassment? during the year between summer 2000 and uh, eight and summer 2009, when you got back together with your wife? Uh, uh, yes. What else? I'm always concerned when I hear unzipping and don't see any video. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't you don't hear any knocking at the moment, do you? No, no, no. Okay, good. Do you remember the question? Because we're trying to have a chat here. Yes. Are you are you still with me? Do you need to go to the washroom? Because I can wait. Yes, I'm with. No, I had my laptop and I was making sure that I still have it. Okay, good. All right. So, what else happened in '08 to '09? Uh, so, uh, so when I moved to a new apartment, uh, so in that apartment I couldn't live uh, because uh, uh, of repeated noises and because of uh, uh, because my health was going down. I was feeling that I. Uh, Okay, so, sorry, Sanjay. I know you got so hit with a weapon yesterday. I do yeah. need you to focus and yeah. really try and concentrate on getting these words out faster because I feel like I'm almost being hypnotized by Car from the Jungle Book here. Okay, so just try and hit the gas here to get these words out. So you moved to a new apartment because you wanted to know if the phenomena were going to follow you, right? Hello. Oh. Uh, uh yeah, hello. So I think the other thing was uh, uh, tracking uh, and surveillance. I'm sorry, I'm I'm lost. I'm not sure what you're saying at the moment. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. So. Uh, I feel I feel like you're hitting me with a de-energy weapon. Uh, no, I'm I'm the one who's being hit. So, how are you being hit at the moment? Uh, yes, it's it's only four by seven, and it's uh, it's uh, it's always there. Do you think you can push through uh, it, or shall we reschedule till a time when you're not being hit with the energy weapon? Uh, it's not going. Uh, uh, no, I mean. Uh, uh, this harassment is twenty four by seven. So oh, twenty four seven. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, so I just yeah, need you to. I don't know if you can put something like a colander or something around your head to to block. Is there anything that can block the energy weapon? Uh, yes, uh, there are things. There are uh, like a concrete wall uh, is usually able to block. Any kind of uh, any kind of helmet or head wrap uh, or. Uh, um, I have been looking around for it, but I can't find. Uh, yeah, they're, they're tough to find. Um, so you left. Now, what were the other symptoms 
that happened from 08 to 09. We've got the knocking on the toilet and we've got the night wooziness. What else? Yeah. Okay, so there's, I would say symptom, but I would say uh, the components of the harassment. So another component, so in this harassment, there are basically three major components. One is tracking and surveillance. The second is noises. The third is directly and related devices. Sorry, the first one was what? Uh, tracking and surveillance. So tracking and surveillance, noises, and then these energy weapons, right? Yes. Okay. Right. So three. In, uh, three and in the were all three deployed in 0809? Yes. Okay. So what happened in the new apartment that gave you a sense of uh, uh, the noises? Uh, yeah. So uh, in the new apartment also, one uh, component was the noises. So that will be noises of kabooks. So I'll go to the kitchen and uh, I'll wash my hand in the sink and there will be a noise of cupboard. A noise of uh, what? Or a noise of a cupboard or a closet. Oh, cupboard, door. okay. Like sixth sense, openy, closey stuff? Yes, right. So a closet door will close. So there will be noise of that. In, uh, sorry, then, Sanjay, in, I don't know much yeah. about the Hindu religion. Uh, are there right. ghosts or spirits uh, in the Hindu religion? Is it possible that you could just be haunted? Uh, yes, there are, as in all religions. But I'm, I've never been a very religious person. Well, it doesn't mean, according to your religion, that you can't be haunted, right? Uh, yes, but I'm far too rational uh, a person to have any belief in that. Well, I, I got to tell you, that makes it that that is yet to be determined, <laughs> at least according okay. to me. Just yeah. so you understand, uh, right? I mean, according to you, yes, but according to me, I know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I am. Okay, so, so you had cupboard noises uh, in the new place. What else? So cupboard noises, but not cupboard noises, just random cupboard noises. So. Uh, so cupboard noise, uh, uh, a door of a cupboard or closet closing when I am washing my hand in the sink. Right. And then I go again, maybe after a couple of hours, maybe next day I wash my hand in the sink in the kitchen. And then another noise like that. And how do you think these, um, how do you think the, the cupboards, were they opening and closing like you could see them? No. No. Wait, so you were just hearing the sounds, but the yes. cupboards weren't opening and closing. Not in my apartment. Definitely. And how do you think the sounds then were being produced? Uh, yeah, there are multiple ways of producing uh, sounds and noises. So one is the actual productions. For example, uh, a car door uh, is closed shut, then it produces a noise. Uh, now that is one source. The other source can be that there can be a speaker uh, which emits uh, a noise or sound, which is that of a car door closing. So those are two main sources. Oh, so you think that there may have been a speaker with cupboard door closing sounds in your cupboards? Uh, not in my cupboard, because I know my cupboards, uh, because they are my, it's my apartment. So I know my cupboards, they don't have it. So uh, either they are cupboards which are being uh, closed uh, in the apartment next to me, uh, next uh, door apartment, or they uh, are sound producing devices which are installed somewhere in the uh, uh, in the heating or air conditioning system, HVAC, uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. Right. Did you record these sounds as well? Uh, yes, I did. Right. And I assume that you went to talk to your neighbors and say, are you guys opening and closing cupboard doors that are kind of loud or what? Uh, no, I didn't. So there are multiple reasons for that. Uh, one, I was single at that time. 
And Wait, uh, you were I single, was, so you yeah. can't talk to your neighbors? I don't follow. Uh, well, uh, well, I'm also, so we are talking, at this time, we are talking about 2008. So, although I've been in the U.S. for a few years, but still, yeah, I mean, I had hesitation in approaching my apartment manager, although I might have approached him and he might just have said that, just ignore Oh, you were like too shy or nervous to talk to neighbors? Uh, Also, uh, I was uh, not only that, but quite jittery as well, because... uh, Quite, sorry, quite what? uh, Also... Uh, quite jittery, so you know I'm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm anxious at okay. this point of time because uh, see, it's a combination of thing uh, uh, as I can see now. So not just noises. So noises are noises can only do that much damage. Uh, uh, they can annoy a person, and they can make a person very angry also. But noises cannot make uh, a person to be disoriented and nauseous. For hours, and that so happened that uh, again else. at nighttime or other times as well. Uh, um, okay, so that's also a little bit complicated. So yes, uh, most uh, most uh, potent uh, damage is at nighttime uh, because you are sleeping, uh, or I'm sleeping, or I'm unconscious, uh, and that's when I. I'm not conscious of what's hitting my body. So, uh, but it's invisible either way, right? And if it goes through walls, it doesn't matter whether you're awake or asleep in terms of the weapon hitting you, right? But if I'm awake and say an electromagnetic uh, pulse or a series of electromagnetic pulses hit me, and my heart rate goes up immediately, I I can immediately sense that you know it happened, and I can move. And so the effectiveness of that over a long, so it cannot be done for a long period of time. Now you but can I'm also, I'm sure you thought of this, right, Sanjay? But you yeah. can get equipment to measure electromagnets, right? Like to to see uh, yes. them in the in, to see if there's magnetism or electromagnetism in the environment. Well, I don't know if you yeah. just throw marbles like metal marbles up in the air and see if they stick to the wall or something. But there's ways to test yeah. for this, right? Right. And what did you try for that? Yeah. The, the, yeah, there are ways, but uh, they are not very effective as Stefan. So it's, well, no, if it's, uh, if it's electromagnetism, the... it's electromagnetism, right? There's not some special yeah. kind of yeah. hidden other dimensional Hogwarts electromagnetism, right? Uh, no, but uh, you know, if you go to the store, it's not so easy to find devices which can uh, detect uh, electromagnetic fields over a wide range. So well, it can't I be that wide a range if it's hitting you, right? They don't want to hit other people too, right? It's got to be kind of focused. No, in the range, uh, if I was, uh, when I'm saying range, I am saying the range of wavelength. So uh, elect- electromagnetic fields is energy. And energy has wavelength and intensity. So the wavelength, oh, uh, everything in this world is uh, is energy, the sunlight, the light, the sound. So... Uh, the wavelength over which these energies can be distributed is so large. It starts from zero hertz to uh, 100 gigahertz. But it would have to be in a frequency that would affect your body, right? So it can't be any frequency because some frequencies wouldn't affect. It's a fairly narrow range, I would assume, that would affect your body, right? 
uh, if if I knew that this is a rain which is affecting my body, I would be able to go and get instrument on Amazon or eBay for that specific rain. Yeah. So know. just and just for those who don't know, let me just okay. point out something here. Yeah. Um, on on Amazon for thirty nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. And I guess the price of one single AAA alkaline battery, which is actually included, so you don't even have to do that, right? Yeah. So um, you can get an electrosensor electromagnetic field detector. Yeah, it comes with a whole uh, kit and so on, and yeah, that's good. It's got mostly well, it's got a lot of five star ratings, a couple of ones that are lower. So. It's 40 bucks. Now, this does 50 to 60 hertz. I'm sure you can get ones that do different, uh, but there are electromagnetic field detectors available for a, you know, a small amount of money. Uh, yeah, uh, so I should explore that. I'm, I'm an engineer also, so I can uh, also uh, you know, do, that kind of, uh, do that kind of research, although it's a little bit difficult for me because I am always on my toes because of 24-7 court harassment. But if you want to really figure out what uh, uh, type of energy uh, field uh, is being used uh, to do this, uh, you have to have a room full of instruments in order to do it. Well, you uh, don't know really. that because you haven't even tried one, yeah. right? No, actually, no, actually, I have. So I have. Uh, I think I might have the instrument that you have looked up on Amazon. And wait, I have wait, a bunch hang of on, hang on. Now we have yeah. round two of me asking you a question and getting different answers. Yeah. Right. The first one was, did you see a doctor? And then you said, I didn't. And then I did. Yeah. And then yeah. I say, did you try uh, electromagnetic detection? And you said no. And then you say, well, yes, right? Uh, 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 no, I mean, I, I can't contradict that because I've been having these devices for the last two, three years. So I have uh, three or four devices which I've used over different periods. And have they found anything? Uh, well, I mean, again, it's uh, it's uh, a little complicated because I'm not an electromagnetic, uh, I'm not an uh, uh, electrical engineer or an electronics Oh, Sanjay, engineer. okay. Okay, so, so hang on a sec. I need you to just yeah. take a pause here because yeah. clearly you've been online and you've talked to people. You didn't come up with gang stalking or covert harassment yes. all on your own because it's a phenomenon no. on the internet, right? So people feel that they are, believe that they're being stalked or harassed in this kind of way. And so yes. there is a collective Borg brain or a hive mind that you can ask, how do you detect these weapons, right? And they will tell you, uh, oh, listen, I, you know, some, I'm sure someone with a lot of resources, maybe even yeah. a lab has been targeted right. in this way. And what they do is they say, oh, I've scanned the whole thing. And here's the frequency that they're using. And so uh, the idea that you, you're starting completely from scratch when there are a lot of people out there who believe that they're being harassed in this kind of way who can ask each other. And this has been going on for, for decades, for a lot of time, right? Certainly for you, uh, the first time was a, a decade ago, more than a decade ago now, I suppose, yeah. it's September 2018. And so there are other people out there who have spent a lot of resources, a lot of time, and a lot of years trying to detect these directed energy devices, right? Uh, not really. Um, again, it's not that straightforward. So, uh, it's not what? So, it's not that straightforward. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Oh, it's more complicated. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the thing is that uh, uh, there is uh, uh, 
on uh, on the internet there are hundreds of websites which speak about covert harassment uh, targeted individuals gang stalking uh, but many of these websites are just spreading misinformation they are not giving specific information oh like so they're, they're talk, crazy talk in general uh, well no no I, I i can't conclude that because i don't know who created that website but uh, uh, what I can say from my personal experience, bro, I know what I'm going through. I know what uh, the truth is uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so many of these websites actually seem to be operated by these very harassment agencies. Oh, who, so the covert harassment people set up websites complaining about covert harassment? Uh, yes, complaining and spreading this information and thereby uh, uh, they, uh, the intention is to uh, uh, the intention is to uh, uh, not degrade but denigrate the individuals who are complaining about this. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of like uh, the flat earth harassment. people say so, that there's flat earth misinfo, disinfo people, and so on, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's a hang on. Uh, so, it's so like, how do you know I mean, the yeah. difference between genuine covert harassment websites and disinformation covert harassment websites? Uh, well, because uh, I, uh, uh, okay, so there are a few things that a person who is not being covertly harassed can use. Like if it is a very polished website and uh, it uh, uh, speaks about the injustice of it, it speaks about uh, the uh, evil of it, but does not give any specific information that, you know, how you can avoid it, what exactly it is. But have you found uh, anyone who can, reliably, who can reliably tell you how to avoid it? I mean, I'm, I assume you're calling no, to me, not. Sanjay, because you yeah. haven't found right. anyone who can help you to avoid it. Exactly. Not right. So one. saying, well, it's not real if they don't tell you how to avoid it, while at the same time saying no one knows how to avoid it, that doesn't yeah. make sense. And I'm simply holding you to your own standard where you say you're too rational uh, to believe in ghosts, right? You understand that there's no disproof there, uh, right? Uh, no, I didn't understand your point there. Oh, sure. So if you say, well, it's a, not a real covert harassment yeah. website if it doesn't tell you how to avoid it, while at the same time saying you've never found yeah. anyone who knows how to avoid it, then none yeah. of them can be real websites, right? Okay. Uh, I think you, are, uh, you have a very good point there. Uh, what I also wanted to say that they will not uh, specifically talk about what exactly constitutes covert harassment. So although the website is polished, a lot of time has been spent, but they usually avoid speaking about what are the components. So they will be speaking more about the feelings, like, you know, the injustice of it, the evil of it, and the comment is involved in it, the comment is doing it, and security agencies are doing it, but they don't specifically speak about what are the components. And this, in my personal experience, this code has been is very, very comprehensive, highly professional, highly organized. It's a comprehensive harassment regime, which consists of more than 30, 40 types of harassments with different uh, 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 more than 30, 40 types of techniques, uh, which include uh, uh, noises and uh, direct energy devices. And it's a very, very comprehensive regime. And so none of the websites actually speak about that. Most of the websites speak about how hard their life has become or how harmful this is 
and how evil it is and how government is involved, but they don't talk, they don't talk about the specifics. All right. So, what, I'm, Sanjay, what's happened over the last couple of years? Yeah, last couple of years, a bunch of things have happened. So, uh, we are in September 2018. Uh, September 2016 uh, would make it a couple of years. So, in January 2016, I, I went to the police to report court harassment. And... Uh, uh, at a police station in Los Angeles, and they just uh, the police. Uh, you know, I didn't know that uh, it's a very very bad idea to go to police for anything at that time, uh, because unfortunately the image that is created about the police is that it's there to serve you, it's there to help you. So I got uh, bamboozled. I got. Uh, uh, but it, you got, you understand it's tough for the police when you go and say. I have noises under my toilet and cupboard sounds, and I'm woozy. Uh, There's not much for the police yes, to do there, then, right? I mean, if if you, with yes. all of your expertise, intelligence, internet access, yes. and community, right. can't detect anything, I'm not sure how the yeah. two-finger yeah, typist uh, flatfoot is going to be able to rip the veil off this uh, uh, conspiracy, right? Uh, exactly, and that's what I thought. And that's why I went to the police. I was not expecting much. So I just went to the police, just hoping that I would... Uh, you know, uh, I would put a little bit of a kink uh, in the efforts that these harassment agencies were putting. So I was not expecting much. Uh, but what happened at the police station was uh, was horrifying. So, so the police officer who was on duty at the desk, uh, uh, he told me that, you know, hang around, uh, we'll have a person come over and uh, they'll take care of your problem. And then there was a lady uh, who called herself Sandy. Uh, she came uh, an hour or two later. And uh, uh, she asked me a few questions, which I answered honestly, uh, you know, that yes, you know, uh, I'm being harassed, uh, the components of harassment are noises in my apartment. And uh, I suspect that there are uh, electromagnetic uh, fields or some energy waves which are being used to make me woozy, which uh, are, not, are not allowing me to. Uh, uh, go to work and wait. Uh, hang on, sorry, Sanjay. Sanjay. Yeah, you told the police investigator <laughs> yeah. this woman. You told the police investigator yeah. about invisible energy weapons that were making you woozy. Uh, well, I don't know whether she was an investigator, but yes. Okay, that's not that. the important part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah you course. understand that to outsiders, it sounds nuts. Right? Yeah, you understand that. Oh uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, and, uh, so uh, why wouldn't you just? So I mean, exactly. uh, why wouldn't you just start with the stuff that can be easily measured, like sounds, right? Because the moment you start talking about energy weapons, what does the police person do, right? Uh, yeah, it, actually, that's what I thought. I mean, uh, the police will say, "Oh, you know, we don't believe you. Just go back home or something like that." But uh, what that uh, lady did? Wait, go back home. Uh, oh, I see what you mean. Sorry, go ahead. Go back home. Yeah, uh, that you know, just go at home. But what that lady did is that she had a mental filter going on. So anything that you know, I actually went to the police station from my work in lunch hour. I drove to the police station in lunch hour, and uh, so that lady uh, had a mental filter going on, and she uh, uh, decided that I was. Uh, 
uh, I was reporting here in voices while I never said voices. I'm sorry, you so were reporting what? And, and sound. Uh, so I was saying that uh, that lady decided that uh, uh, I reported hearing voices. I reported hearing uh, voices. No, that's not true. Reported, it was uh, other sounds, yeah, not voices. Yeah, exactly. So she had a mental field going on and she twisted uh, whatever uh, you know, I told her. Uh, but I mean, sorry, uh, Sanjay, honestly, I'm just trying to understand, yeah. right? Yeah. So you won't talk to your landlord, you won't talk to your neighbors, you won't talk to your doctor about what's going on, yeah. but you'll tell the police about energy right. weapons. Like, I don't understand. Why would you, uh, no, of all no. the people to say, I'm hearing yeah. or I'm being subjected to energy weapons, yeah. the police by far have the most authority over you. So I can't understand why yeah. you wouldn't go to the doctor, you wouldn't go to the neighbors, you wouldn't go to the landlord, but you'll uh -huh. tell the police about energy weapons. Actually, uh, you know, actually, I will... Uh, 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 I will uh, restate that. So, I my intention to go to the police was to check if they have heard and if they have if any of the fathers have reported harassment like this. Wait, is the story is, is the story changing again? No, it's not changing. It is but, because I mean, you said you went to complain about being harassed, and now you're saying you went to check and see if other people had been harassed. See, when I point out a trouble with your story, yeah, you change the story. Right. Well, it's a complicated matter. There are so no, many no, 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 no. Contradictions are not complicated, Sanjay. Contradictions. You understand I'm trying to help you, right? Well, I, I, of course I do. Okay, well, so, so look, listen, just so you understand, story. because I don't want this to get yeah. combative. I mean, it, it might, right. which is not the end of the world, but right. Right. if I could free you from this mm. belief and you could have a happier, yeah. safer life, that would be good, right? Because mm -hmm. you you have for sure wondered if you're crazy, right? Mm, not this time. But in 2008, probably I did because I was wait, wait. You've never seriously looked in the mirror and say and said, maybe my belief is mistaken. Maybe I'm misinterpreting things. Maybe I'm having auditory hallucinations, which can happen. Maybe yeah. I'm stressed. Yeah. And you have never said to yourself that maybe I have a mistaken belief about covert harassment. Not once. Uh, since August 2015, not once. This is three years. So what's and the not proof? A single time. What's the proof? Because uh, you understand from the yeah, outside, a, the, 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 the more extraordinary yeah. the claim, the more extraordinary the proof yeah. that is required, right? Proof, yeah. I, I understand, yeah. So let me ask you this. Have you been back to India yeah. since 2008? Uh, yes. When did you last go back to India? Uh, when did I last go to India? Uh, I was uh, last in India this year in May. Okay. Did any of these occurrences happen in India? Yes. Oh, so they followed you to India too? Yes. See, now that's Absolutely. an indication that the story doesn't hold together very well. Uh, not really. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I don't think of it that way, but let me... A little I, bit. A little bit. Yeah. You have to admit, just a tiny bit, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, I admit that. Uh, but uh, the explanation for that is that uh, the uh, harassment uh, agencies or the harassment apparatus, which is able to do this, uh, is not only just highly professional and organized, but also uh, it uh, is large 
No, they've got international reach. But let so me ask you this. You say one explanation. Hang on a sec. So you say one explanation as to why yeah. they're still bothering you in India is that they have international reach. Is there any other possible explanation as to why you had these experiences in India? There is no other explanation. Yeah, there is. There really is. Uh, okay. If I'm thinking, uh, 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 if you're thinking of the explanation that I'm thinking you're thinking, then that explanation does not hold in my experience. There is another explanation. You may not agree with it, but there is another okay. explanation. Okay. Right? You understand, right? Yeah. I'm not saying you have to ah. agree with it, but the only explanation for what you're experiencing is not just massive state-sponsored international covert harassment, right? That's one explanation, and it's an yeah. extraordinary mm -hmm. claim. There are other yes. explanations mm -hmm. that are less extraordinary, but are personally more difficult, like emotionally. Uh, not only, no, actually personally, emotionally, maybe even if one person, uh, I think person might be able to handle it. But my answer to that is they are equally unverifiable. So no, but if it, hang, okay, but this uh, is this goes back. Hang on, hang on. So this yeah. goes back to something as simple as the simplest explanation is usually mm -hmm. the most probable, right? So if you have two non-falsifiable hypotheses as to why this stuff is happening or you're experiencing mm -hmm. this stuff, right? Right. You understand that the simplest explanation is usually the best, right? Or usually the tr true one. Uh, I'm sorry, if you can repeat that, please. So if you have two competing explanations for a particular phenomenon, uh -huh. then the simplest explanation is usually the correct one, right? Uh, not necessarily. So take the I said usually. Uh, you have to listen. Uh, no. I didn't say always, right? So when I say usually and you say not necessarily, we're kind of saying the same thing. It's just that I know you're not listening. Well, I can't say yes to that because I don't... I haven't really thought about it in that way. So, uh, so if I take a simple example like rain, I mean the simplest explanation is that there's God, Earth, and then sorry, the simplest explanation is what? That's simple. Simplest explanation of rain is that there's God, and then God says, "Oh, I want to have the rain," and He starts the rain, and there's rain. So that's simple. But the uh, real explanation, uh, which we know now, uh, because of our understanding of atmospheric sciences. No, but no, God is not a simple is explanation. A far more complicated no, God is not a simple explanation at all. Because a, the simplest explanation is just material forces and energies working on each other. The most complicated yeah. explanation is some omniscient, all-powerful, incomprehensible being is waving his magic wand and making the water droplets I mean, do this or that uh, based upon his own particular whims. That's an incredibly complicated yes. explanation. Yes, in 2018, you can say that because you are in Canada and you uh, have had education. But uh, even uh, in 2018, in some say rural area, the simplest explanation would be that it's gone because the complicated explanation, the real explanation, is so complex. And uh, uh, even the complicated explanation, uh, even in terms of, even in the example of rain. Okay, I don't want to have a philosophical that, you know, conversation about rain. I want to get back we, to you. Hang on. I don't want, because okay. you're going to try and draw okay, me sure, into sure, abstractions sure. to try and get me away from what's going on with you. So my question right. remains, Sanjay. Yeah. What, well, before we get to that, what happened with the policewoman? Right. 
so she wrote a report that uh, oh, that you're hearing uh, voices. Uh, I, I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm hearing voices. I'm hallucinating. So I should be confined to uh, a, a mental health facility or a psychiatric facility. So I now was this up, shocking uh, to you? It was very shocking. It was shocking I to you did. that you go to the police and you say yeah. that you're being targeted by sinister shadowy forces you can't prove, that you're hearing auditory right. hallucinations, and you believe yes. that invisible energy weapons are coming through the walls and making you woozy when you wake up at night. Yes. You did, you're did. really shocked that the police would interpret that as signs of potential mental illness. Uh, yes, yeah, it was shocking to me. I mean, uh, why? I was going to work. Uh, why, because, why would that be shocking uh, to you? Know. I did not have that understanding of authorities or police at that time. So no, know, this is not an understanding uh, of the police, although that helps. I mean, but you understand uh, if no, someone actually, yes. if someone came to like if someone came to you in 1998, right? Uh -huh. Like, let's go back to Sanjay yeah, of 20 right. years ago, right? Somebody comes to right, you in 1998 right. and says, right. "People are hiding under my toilet, making knocking sounds. People are installing." Uh -huh sound devices in the HVAC system to simulate yeah. the closing of cupboard doors just to bother me, uh -huh. and there are invisible energy right. weapons that are making me woozy. We're yeah. going back to Sanjay 20 years ago. What would you say to that right. person? Uh, I mean, I, it's difficult for me to be objective about this. Because I get it. I obviously, yeah. It's, it's an <laughs> exercise in imagination. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've, I mean, even if I'm an imaginative person, but my personal experience is so direct and so obvious. No, but if so you had not experienced what you experienced, yeah. right? Because here's the challenge is that yeah. this is isolating you enormously, yeah. right? And so you need to try right, and right, see right. it from somebody else's point of view. Now, you were unable to yeah. see it from the police's mm -hmm. point of view because otherwise – you wouldn't have gone to them, right? Because <laughs> that's I mean, not what you uh, wanted. Uh, you are making it sound like I should have been, uh, but uh, I don't agree with that because, I mean, if you look at the image that the police have in the media, in the mainstream media and overall, uh, I mean, uh, it's a very different image than what actually it is. And, uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Reason, no, I, I, no, Sanjay, yeah. I've never seen somebody saying what you're saying and the police yeah. saying, yeah, sounds great. We'll start investigating the HVAC system. Uh, well, maybe. I've never heard that also. But if you, uh, if you go through the news carefully, then uh, HVAC systems are, are very commonly used by uh, the countries for uh, espionage on, uh, on other countries. For example, in Boeing 737, which was sold to China, they had found... Uh, 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 HVAC, uh, HVAC system in the plane riddled with uh, uh, auditory uh, sensors and other sensors. And, sure, spy uh, planes I mean, have sensors. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. But you are not a Boeing 737 that's being sold to China. All right. So, so what uh, yeah. happened with the so, police I mean, when they said that they uh, wanted to con confine you? What happened? So I was confined to a psychiatry facility. I spent a week there. And uh, as soon as I came out, uh, the very next day, my ex-wife uh, sent me an email that uh, I want to do an agreement with you. She wants uh, to do a, an argument, did you say? Uh, uh, no, an agreement. So I told her that uh, I am out of the hospital now. And uh, uh, at that time, I had 50% custody, uh, both legal and physical. So I want to see my daughter. Uh, 
So uh, before I had gone to the hospital. Okay, sorry, sorry. Hold on I, a sec. Hold on a sec. I, sorry, sorry about this. Yeah. I just want to make sure I follow. Okay. So you go to the police, you tell them this, and so, they commit you, right? Yes, right. Now, did anything occur in the psychiatric facility yeah. of this nature? Uh, did anything occur in the psychiatric facility? Yes. No, nothing. When I was there, they were giving medication. Uh, Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. I, I, you I went on medication. And the sound stopped. No, no, no. Oh, okay. You're asking if I was harassed. No, I was not harassed in the psychiatric facility. So, but why, if you could be harassed in India, which yeah. is half a world away, why would you not yeah. be harassed in the psychiatric facility? Oh, exactly. Exactly. No, That's don't say exactly that. That explains anything. <laughs> I really, really want to know. I know why were you uh, not know, harassed in the psychiatric facility? Uh, well, uh, to, uh, before answering that, uh, you don't you I, don't have an answer. I don't okay. want you to make up an answer in the moment because that's insulting to us both. Oh uh, no! You don't uh, have answer an answer that, as to why you were that, not harassed in the, the psychiatric facility, right? See, the my answer to that is I'm not privy to what uh, are the techniques and what, um, what is the exact uh, harassment regime. Were you put on medication in the have. psychiatric facility? Uh, yes, I had medication. And were you given therapy? Uh, not individual therapy, but we had group sessions uh, once a day, I think. And did they recommend that you stay on medication after you left the psychiatric facility? Uh, yes, they did. And did you stay on medication? No, I did not. You did not? Okay. No. And how long after you stopped taking – and what did they put you on? Just that, Was it anti – I'm, I'm not even going to guess, but what was it that they put you on? Do you know? Uh, I think I remember it was uh, some kind of antipsychotic medication. Right. Antipsychosis, yeah. Now, my understanding, and please understand, I'm no psychiatrist and no doctor, but my understanding sure. is that psychosis can come with auditory hallucinations, right? Uh, well, pretty much any psychiatric illness can come with auditory hallucinations. Now, so these, no, are no other, uh, these are other uh, explanations. Uh, there is actually no psychiatric illness which I know of which cannot come with auditory hallucinations. Which cannot. So that's where the psychiatry is. So uh, uh, there is is probably no uh, psychiatric uh, psychiatric condition which uh, cannot be accompanied with auditory hallucinations. So that's the way the psychiatry is. You know, psychiatry is not a science. Well, no, I think I think things like anxiety and so on can. They don't necessarily come with auditory hallucinations. And those are feelings. Uh, those are feelings, but auditory hallucinations. Uh, yeah, I mean, they no. There's there's also. major depressive disorder. There's a social anxiety disorder. There are lots of disorders that don't come, to my knowledge, with auditory hallucinations. Uh, but they can be accompanied by accompanied by them, and and same is the case uh, in psychosis. Psych psychosis does not necessarily have to have auditory. No, I understand but that. It can be accompanied, but it that. does. It can yeah. come with auditory hallucinations, right? And I was saying that any psychiatric condition can be accompanied with uh, auditory hallucinations. Okay. Do you want to go through this debate again? Because you're not listening. Okay. Do you recognize um, that something like a major yeah. depressive disorder is considered to be a psychiatric condition? Do I recognize that the major depressive disorder is considered to be a psychiatric condition? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I Do, does a major depressive disorder come with auditory hallucinations? 
uh, it can be accompanied with order, auditory hallucinations. Okay, I will look that up. Yes. You could, you could absolutely be right. Let's, let's see here. Well, the thing about psychiatric... Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just, yeah. let me just have a look here. Um, sure. Ah, you see here, let's see here. A per this is just wiki, so this is not anything technical, but a person having major depressive episode usually exhibits a very low mood which pervades all aspects of life and an inability to experience pleasure in activities that were formerly enjoyed. Depressed people may be preoccupied with or ruminate over thoughts and feelings of worthlessness, inappropriate guilt or regret, helplessness, hopelessness, and self-hatred. In severe cases, depressed people may have symptoms of psychosis. These symptoms include delusions or, less commonly, hallucinations, usually unpleasant. So the psychosis has to be layered in, as far as I understand it, to the depression in order for there to be hallucinations. Uh, well, the thing about psychiatry, and I, uh, I don't know what your stand is on psychiatry, but uh, some people believe that psychiatry is a total fraud. It's not even a science. It's not even a medical science. And uh, uh, oh, listen, I'm, I'm not endorsing right. any of this. I'm just yeah. saying that, that technically you can have mental illnesses or mental disorders which do not include hallucinations, typically. Uh, yes, but if psychiatry cannot be uh, used effectively to define uh, uh, people's conditions because it is based on uh, on fake uh, research or pseudoscience. Okay, then, so what you're saying, uh, Sanjay, is – hang on, hang on. So what you're saying yeah. is that you're yeah. very skeptical of psychiatry but not of covert energy weapons. I am very, very skeptical of psychiatry. I think it's a fraud and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, a few people, uh, not uh, too many people, but many people online, uh, MDs and uh, people who have practiced uh, medicine and psychiatry. Oh, yeah. No, I've got a whole, I've got a whole presentation uh, called There's No that. Such Thing as Mental Illness. Yeah. So I'm, and so, you know, hang on. So uh, yeah. let's get back to the proof aspect of things, right? So right. you're certain yeah. of this to the point where you've never really thought of, at least not for 10 years or so, you've never really thought that you may be misinterpreting things, that there may not be a covert group of people spending millions of dollars a year to harass you with knocks and noises and invisible energy weapons, right? So what is it that gives you this level of certainty about this? Uh, because if okay, you're wrong, so that's terrible, right? If you're wrong about this, if there isn't a big yeah. covert group of people right. spending millions of dollars to harass you with energy weapons and knocking noises, yeah. then that would be right. a terrible thing because it would ruin your life and it exactly. would never be solved because the problem then is inside your head rather than out there in the world. So if you're wrong about this, you're destroying yeah. your life completely and you're destroying your relationship with your child. You're precluding any possibility of getting back together with your wife. You're destroying right. your career. You're destroying your health. You're destroying your peace of mind. You're destroying your capacity for intimacy and friendship and love and connection and community and you name it. So if you're wrong, right. it is a wanton act of self-destruction. So you have to, knowing what the cost is and you you phoned in or you, you, um, you wrote in because you know the cost of this, Sanjay, right? So right. given the cost... Yeah. You would have to have a very high standard of proof because it, the cost is it's unbearable, right? This is an unbearable existence to live, which you have, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. tell me how you got to the certainty mm -hmm. that holds this up. Uh, so one proof that I have uh, 
uh, which uh, uh, which uh, uh, is why I am certain in my beliefs uh, is that uh, is that when I am able to uh, evade uh, harassment, then I feel totally different. So, for example. Uh, after in 2009, man, when uh, me and my ex-wife got together and uh, we had patched up, the harassment immediately stopped. After that, there were no such noises, uh, uh, repeated noises harassing me, no tracking and surveillance, uh, no uh, uziness or disorientation or swollen eyes or feeling of nausea. So that was one. And then in the past three years, there have been many times because uh, because I have been uh, I've been constantly on my toes uh, trying to evade this harassment. So I am changing my places. I'm changing where I sleep. Sometimes I sleep in my car. Sometimes I go to an Airbnb. Sometimes I go to a friend's place. So when many times when I'm successfully able to be in a secure place where it's not possible for or, or uh, the harassment agencies are not able to expose me uh, to uh, the noises or direct energy devices uh, i s sleep really well i wake up refreshed my body feels entirely different I'm when not you feel busy. secure I'm not, I'm not right busy. when you feel secure you're happier uh no it's the other way around so i go to some new place and i don't know if I'm secure here or not, if because it's covert, so it's not announced to me that you know we are going to expose you. It's not announced. So only the next day I'm able to tell whether you know, these uh, agencies were able to expose me or not. So I don't know before fact that I'm secure. Okay, only let me after. ask you this, Sanjay. Yeah, has it occurred for you that other yeah. people are in the room when this knocking or these sounds occur? And what do they do? Yeah, so uh, Stefan, uh, I would request you to uh, think of this also as uh, as a psychological form of terror. So I'm sorry, I did a, a psychological form of what? Uh, psychological form of terror and harassment. So there's a very uh, significant psychological component here in this harassment. Uh, are you going to, so I, I just want to cut it short because we've been talking yeah. for over two hours. So I don't want right. to mean the whole conversation, but so you're right. going to tell me that no one else has heard these sounds because it's more torturous for you if they don't. Uh, no, they have heard, they have heard. Oh, they've heard but, the sounds? Uh, yes. Uh, Who said so the sounds? For example, uh, my uh, roommates uh, uh, I've stayed with, uh, uh, my relatives or uh, brothers I've stayed with. Uh, oh, your relatives in India, say? Uh, yes. So actually, yeah, I, I want to... Uh, so I've been to India multiple times uh, between 2000... Okay, so other, I, I don't need the whole background. So yeah. other people have heard these sounds. Are they also yeah. getting hit with the energy weapons? Uh, no, they are not. So how do the energy weapons just hit you? If they're through a wall, how do they know where you are? Uh, well, I mean, that is a couple of things. So first, they have to pinpoint the location of the target, which is me. Uh, and then they have to be able to target the, uh, the energy device on me. So that's two different things. 
and there are ways and means that can be done. Uh, I mean, uh, there is science, there is technology around. Uh, now it's not in the public domains. So oh, so much. it's just so, science uh, and technology is your answer. Uh, that's true. That's not an answer. Okay. So here's the fundamental mm. question. Why are they doing this? What is what is to be gained? Right? Because the government, yeah. let's say that they're spending $2 million a right. year on this kind of harassment. Yeah. I mean, they've got to fly people yeah. all over the world, depending on where you are. Yeah. They've got to track right. you with giant energy beam weapons that only hit right. you and not your friends or whatever. So yeah. they're spending $2 million. So $2 million yeah. is coming into some government department, and they're spending right. it to target you every year. Rather than keep uh -huh. that money for themselves or use yeah. it to buy hamburgers or whatever it is, yeah. right? Go go to some conference somewhere in Hawaii. Right. Why are they spending this money? Why are they expending these resources to annoy uh, you and debilitate you? Because 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 Stefan, that's not the way it works. So why there are wars? Why there are trillions of dollars spent on wars? Why don't they keep the money to themselves? No, it's not the way it works. So there are agencies. There are personnel, there are organizations, there are corporations who, if it is a highly professional and organized network, which has international affiliates, and they can do it internationally. So it's kind of like espionage and counter-espionage. Okay, I need you to focus on the answer, Sanjay. Why That's, are they doing uh, this to you? Uh, to me, because uh, of the custody battle that we have been going on, I've been fighting, I've been pushing. Why, but, uh, I, why are they doing it to you? Yeah. Because of the custody uh, battle, but you've already lost the custody battle. Why is it continuing? Because I'm going back again and again. I just filed uh, a motion in court. There's no reason whatsoever for me not to have uh, the custody that I had only two years ago, two and a half years ago. Oh, so, so sorry. Let me. I just I, want to make sure I, I understand this. Sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I just yeah. want to make sure I understand. So. Mm -hmm. The answer is that the reason that they're doing this targeted harassment is because of right. the custody battle. Uh, uh, yes, because... So uh, why did it start then before you even had a child? Uh, because that time it was not the custody battle, but it was the separation. So Why do they care uh, if you're together with your wife or not? Lots of people get... Millions well, of people get divorced in America every single day or every single month uh, or every single yeah. six months. Hang on, let me finish. Yeah. Millions of people... Right get separated, right? Yeah. Millions of people get divorced. Millions of people have custody battles every right. single year. So why yeah. are they focusing on you? Because it certainly isn't the case that everyone who yeah, goes because, through a divorce and a custody battle gets targeted in this uh, way. So why you in particular? Because millions of people who go through divorce don't have a women's shelter organization involved. Women's Sorry, don't have what? Organizations don't have a, a women's shelter organization involved. They don't have a woman's no, no, shelter. No, no, no. Lots of no, no. Lots of people have women's shelters involved. Lots of women leave abusive husbands, go to women's shelters, right. and they 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 make friends with the people in charge of them, and the people in charge of them care right. to keep these women safe. So, yes, lots and lots yeah. of people end up with women's shelters involved in their divorces. Uh, okay, so I mean, say if there are uh, are a million divorces in the US every year, so maybe you know five percent of them. And maybe uh, maybe five percent of them have uh, a women's shelter organization or some such organization involved. And uh, so maybe out of those five percent, maybe only ten percent or fifteen percent are the ones who become targets of covert harassment. So that is a small number. And uh, I mean, if a person is a target of covert harassment, it's very difficult to it's very difficult to counter this because this is so 
uh, highly organized and professional and so difficult to break. But and, how does a woman's contact. shelter get access to international harassment spy rings? Uh, well, they don't. They don't. So women's shelter organizations basically are part of the network of politics. So they have district attorneys uh, on the board. So there's a district attorney's office involved. Then district attorneys who are Sorry, district who's attorneys? on the board? Uh, the district attorney. District attorney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so district attorney. And what is the district attorney? District attorney is uh, 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 in general view, and uh, district attorney's office is uh, an office which is political, highly political office. And uh, the California, I mean, there's obviously uh, politics, and there's a lot of money also in California. And if they end up spending, say, $100 million on these kind of covert harassment, which uh, uh, without any checks or balances or uh, without any... Uh, uh, any scrutiny that I mean who cares California has like a trillion dollar budget a year and uh, if uh, and then because it is highly professional highly organized it's very very likely that this is something which has been developed or is uh, used by uh, national intelligence agencies like CIA or FBI and it's, it's quite likely that FBI or CIA might actually be uh, actually be cooperating with this or might actually be doing this. I mean, who knows? I don't know. So why, know why, hang on. So what yeah. is the purpose of harassing you because of the custody battle? What are they trying to achieve? Uh, it's an excuse. So, like, for example, what is the purpose of Bob? I mean, it's an excuse. There's military industrial uh, complex. They have to deploy their people. Uh, they want to make money. They have to build the government. So, it's an excuse. And... Uh, no, but if they... Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. If they... It's prof... I mean, war is horribly profitable, right? So, yeah. how, how is it profitable for them to target you spending millions of dollars in this way? Um, well, there are two types of profits. One is financial profit, uh, which might not be so much maybe... Uh, you know, uh, maybe a few hundreds of millions of dollars every year. But uh, say if there is a harassment agency uh, which is uh, 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 is able to form uh, a network of nexus. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Is this, yeah. You just go on these rambles. Help me I to mean, understand, Sanjay. How yeah. is it profitable yeah. for them to target you? What do they get out of it? How does it? How do they win? Do they want to help your wife? I mean, do they, why? What is their purpose in it? Why are they doing it? I mean, they obviously, ostensible purpose is that uh, my wife wants to keep, my ex-wife wants to keep uh, me. Uh, wants to keep you away from, from your child, right? Exactly. Okay, but uh, there's lots of ex-wives who want to keep husbands yeah. away or ex-husbands away from their children. Yeah. Why does she yeah, get... The, the super spy agency working on her behalf. Why? Uh, because they don't have the connections. Uh, they don't have the connection. What does that mean? They, they don't, don't have, have the connections. Shelter organization. They don't have a women's shelter organization backing them. Uh, to this no, extent. no, no. But lots of they women go have... through women's shelters and lots of women want to keep custody. Yeah. Why does your wife get in particular, in specific, this incredible help in having her retain custody? Uh, now, the assumption is that nobody else is getting. And that assumption is 
not true strictly because I know at least one person who has gone through this harassment. Uh, and there are online, you can see that there are like hundreds of people speaking about it, uh, and uh, you know, they can't do anything about it. And okay, so you're not answering my question, which means to me that I'm doing something useful. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what Why? you, you don't know, see, answer? just tell me yeah. you don't know if you don't know, because it doesn't like from the outside. The fact that your wife wants custody yeah. and therefore yeah. you get millions of dollars worth of harassment targeted at you, yeah. Yeah. you understand that's not possibly sustainable. They can't possibly spend that much money for all custody disputes for anyone who might be involved in a woman's shelter, right? So they have to be targeting no. you for some reason. Now, why? No, you have to look at it another way. So you're, I really don't, uh, but go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, explanation is complicated. That's why... Or it's not. Uh, it's one other possibility. It's possible. I want to rule out that possibility. But uh, I'm also uh, not 100% uh, certain about this. They have not informed me. I have not been sent a letter or an email that we are going to do this to you. Until you do this, we'll keep doing this. Uh, but uh, so... Uh, so there is politics obviously involved, and uh, uh, now see when you say obviously involved. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if you've been speaking to the mirror a lot, Travis Bickle style. But when you say obviously right. there's politics involved, it's not obvious mm -hmm. to me that there's anything involved other than you may be mistaking fairly right. innocuous information for a sinister plot. Okay. It's like so, right, you say, obviously, well, this is obviously, it's not obvious. That's the whole, that's why okay. you're calling in, right? You're calling in uh, as a last dish attempt to try and get this monkey off your back. I know that's why yeah. you're calling in. I know you're going to find me like crazy, right? Not, not just because these are your particular ideas, yeah. but because, well, a stubborn Indian man, never met that before in my life. <laughs> never <laughs> met a stubborn Indian guy uh, before, right? So uh, you, you, mm -hmm. you called in partly because you knew that I wasn't going to agree with you, right? You know that. Uh, no, actually, it's the other way around. I thought that you would immediately recognize that this is an excess of uh, 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 women's shelters. You and, genuinely uh, thought politics. that I yes. would agree with you about this covert harassment. Absolutely. There so you no have a very difficult mind. time reading people, which is why you ended up being committed by the police, because you thought the police would be <laughs> all kinds of help, right? <laughs> No, I won't say that. I would, so I, listen, I would say that. you have a very difficult time reading the yeah. outside world, Sanjay. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You get things wrong. Yeah, you got it wrong with the wrong. police. You got it wrong with the woman you married. You got it wrong with me. So yeah. you got everything wrong, at least a lot of things wrong that you're talking <laughs> about, but you have this covert harassment mm -hmm. totally right. No, I uh, I admit that uh, uh, I uh, uh, I can be wrong, and obviously was not. Uh, you could. Right it's possible. Let's this. just say one percent. Is it one yeah. percent possible that you could be wrong about this covert harassment? Stuff? There's not even zero point one percent chance. I so where is your I'm, proof, man? Uh, yeah, I know. And could I mean, you give so it to me? It, give it to me. I can I can define secular ethics in thirty seconds to sixty seconds, and I've yeah. done it before. You've been living with this for ten yeah. years. Give no, me no, your no, succinct, one hundred percent proof. No, Stephen, wait, not ten years, so three years. So starting in August two thousand fifteen. No, no, first on. time. I know. I didn't yeah. say. Yeah, I didn't say permanently. First time was August right, two thousand and eight, right. right. with the knock knock under your toilet. 
Okay, so give me your 99.9% certainty that all of this is happening, because you have no proof that, that you've yeah, mentioned. I mean, it's difficult to get proof of some, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult to have proof of like this, uh, that's the only explanation I can give, because it's covert. I'm sorry, I didn't understand the only explanation you can give, and I'd really like to hear it, because I want to uh, know. No, it's, diffi uh, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to find a, uh, a proof, because uh, it's, it's covert. It's kind of like... Uh, okay, okay, so Sanjay, you're telling me how yeah. rational you are, right? Uh, well, absolutely. Okay, you, you haven't found any proof for a very wild hypothesis, right? Uh, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, 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 no. I've got to be firm okay, here. I, I'm not going to yeah, give you I, this rope because I know what you're going to do with I this rope. I don't have any proof. In, you have no proof of a very right. wild hypothesis, right? Uh, it's, well, I mean, I won't call it hypothesis. I would say you won't call it what? what is happening. I won't call it hypothesis. Hypothesis is something that... Uh, no, it's, if it's not proven, it's a hypothesis by definition. Uh, okay. If it's proven, if, it's if more of a theory, that right? Definition. So but you I, have an yeah. explanation for what's occurring yeah. in your life. Right. There are other explanations for right. what is occurring in your life, right? Uh, there are let, me give, let me give you an example. I'll give you an example sure. from my own life, right? Yeah, sure. When I was younger, I was in the art world. I studied acting and, and playwriting. I wrote like 30 yeah. plays. I wrote like five novels. I wrote hundreds of poems. Like you name it, right? Right, right. Now, I was told by a PhD English major who reviewed my book called The God of Atheists right. that I had written the great Canadian novel. It was the greatest thing he'd ever read, you name it, right? And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, that's great. I can't wait to become a writer, right? And it yeah. never happened. Now, part of me could say, well, there's some agenda, there's some harassment there's the people are calling these people saying don't publish that Molyneux guy whatever you do right wow. or i could say well i am not a leftist and the publishing world and the art world is overwhelmingly leftist so there's no big covert harassment thing there's just an opposition of values that i wasn't conscious of right there's two explanations and there could be other explanations right <laughs> and there could also be the explanation that my writing wasn't very good. <laughs> That's possible, mm -hmm. right? It's possible. I don't think it's true, yes. but it's possible, right? Yes. So there's lots of hypotheses that I can come up with about why I didn't get published mm -hmm. in the mainstream world, right? I mean, I even right. met a woman on a plane who turned out to be working at a publishing house, and she liked the first half of one of my novels, didn't like the second half, so I went and rented a cottage in England for three weeks and finished the damn novel. Had to write it by hand for some weird reason. I couldn't type at that point, or I couldn't yep. uh, be creative while typing. And it just never quite happened, right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of explanations as to what might be happening to you. Right. Now, if the goal of the organization was to what? Discredit you in the eyes of your wife to keep you from winning your custody battle, right? Mm -hmm. Then you understand that you're doing all the wrong stuff. You're doing all the wrong, like you're absolutely playing into their hands. If the goal is for this covert harassment to screw up your custody case and never give you custody, you're doing exactly the wrong thing in dealing with it, which is another misreading of the situation.
Because if people are trying to make you crazy, you know what you never do? Well, there's two things you never do. Number one, you don't call up the police and say, I'm hearing voices and being hit with energy weapons that can't be detected by any known science. Because they're just going to think, and I can't disagree with them, that you need professional help for mental issues, right? Now, the second thing you'd really not want to do is call in to a very popular philosophy show and talk all about these ideas of yours. Because that is going to broadcast to everyone and their dog that what most people are going to think is the same thing that the police thought, right? Which is that you're going to have some challenges correctly processing sense data in the real world, right? Right. So if your theory is correct, you're going about yes. things entirely the wrong way, which is one indication that deep down you know this theory is not correct and you're asking for help. You're begging for help that you don't know about. You're begging for help from the police. And you got it because when you were put into the institution and you were put on medication, you were yeah. symptom-free for a week, right? Well, uh, no, you were. I, I'm, I'm not going to go back and go over this because I know we've got a bit of a moving goalpost situation here, right? right. I believe that we know Jesus. everything we need to know about someone within the first few moments of meeting them. And I don't just believe mm -hmm. that because I believe it. There's lots of studies to show that out. You can read a whole book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink. I won't get into all of the data, but they can tell mm -hmm. which doctors are more likely to get sued for malpractice from five seconds of muffled voice. They can tell which teachers are more popular and successful and effective based on five seconds of mm -hmm. muffled speech from that teacher. Right. We have mm -hmm. incredible processing abilities. And you knew, I bet you, Within the first five minutes of listening to me, you thought, this guy can throw a rope down the well of where I am, and he can pull me the hell out. Now, you're fighting me like crazy, and I understand that. That's perfectly valid and perfectly sensible from a certain kind of standpoint. But if you call me up and you say, say to me, Steph, I thought for sure you would agree with me that knocks under the toilet and invisible energy weapons are real and being hit I'm being hit with them all the time you're not telling the truth either to yourself or to me because the fact is Sanjay you called me up for help you did not call me up for confirmation because you are incorrect with regards to all of this stuff I'm telling you frankly I'm telling you openly I'm telling you even though you know that I do not trust the police and I do not trust the state and I am not a fan of contemporary diagnosis of mental illness. I'm not a fan of psychiatry, and I'm pretty damn skeptical these days even of psychology. So I agree right. with you on a lot of things. I agree with you that the government mm -hmm. does nasty stuff mm -hmm. all over the world. I agree with you yeah. that there are harassment programs that the government goes on with you. I agree with you that the police are often corrupt. I agree with you that mm -hmm. psychiatry is largely a scam. So there's so much that I agree with you on that I'm not yeah. just opposing you on everything. And the reason I'm saying all of this, Sanjay, it's because I really, really, really want you to have some time with your daughter that doesn't require somebody looking over your shoulder and making sure you're not telling yeah. her that daddy is being subject to covert harassment by state-sponsored and state-funded terrorists. Because you cannot be telling that stuff to your daughter. You understand? You cannot be telling that stuff to your daughter because uh, you have no proof. Maybe not today. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, not today, but and, uh, say after two years. No, if, you cannot tell. <laughs> oh my God, you can't tell. You're playing into their no, hands. I, Even if you believed all no, of this, this is exactly the wrong thing to say. No. If course, you believe, uh, like they're going to listen to this in your worldview, right? These covert harassers are going to listen to this. So you'd be saying, if, if you really believed in them, you'd be saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to have this mm-hmm. conversation with these covert harassers. So, of course, I'm going to say I'm never going to say it to my kid because she's too young and it's inappropriate, right? right? Your child yes, is seven years old, six or seven years old, and yes. you're saying you're going to tell her in two years when she's nine that daddy's being targeted by invisible energy weapons and there are knocks coming from under the toilet. And, and I mean, come on. You know she can't no, handle that, and that's not appropriate uh, no, no, to tell a child. No, no, I'm not putting a on that. I'm not saying – no, no, I didn't say that. I'll be, uh, I'll be speaking at nine. But let's say uh, uh, in three years or four years. Uh, okay, it, you can change the goalpost, really, You can no, change no. the goalpost, but this is unhealthy, right? You said no, two no, years. Now you're okay, saying three I'm, or four years. Okay, so let's say actually, she's 10 yeah, or 11 so. or 12. You cannot tell her that daddy's being targeted with invisible energy weapons that no one can see. You can't do that. Okay, I got. Okay, because I you have, have no proof. Confused there, and yeah, that's I unfair got, to her. Yes, yes, I agree. You understand? That, this is why you have supervised visits, my friend. Because you cannot tell her this stuff, and your urge to want to tell her this stuff yeah. is destructive to her, which is why you're not allowed to see her unsupervised. So they're winning. Even in your own worldview, they're winning because you're trying to tell her this stuff, which you have no proof for. Um, not that I'm trying to tell her. I have never actually ever tried to tell her anything. No, no, that. don't change the goalposts. Not talking about the past. Man, you are a slippery guy. Woo. No, I mean, Sanjay, the well-oiled no, debate partner. I, okay. Uh, okay, listen, Sanjay, let yeah, me ask so you I this. Might, let me yeah. ask you this. Sure. What happens emotionally? Yeah, yeah. If this is not true, what happens to you emotionally if nobody really does care about you? If nobody really is following you? If you're not the center of somebody's big plot? What happens to you emotionally? Because I did notice, Sanjay, I couldn't help but notice that yeah. this stuff first emerged when you were alone, and I assume lonely. And it happens when you're alone, mm-hmm. and I assume lonely. And when you back, went back to your wife and you weren't alone, and I assume lonely, it went away. And when you were in the psychiatric institution, when you weren't alone anymore, it went away. Yeah. And it's constantly driving you to solitude because you got to go move to new places. No. you got to go sleep in your car alone in the middle of nowhere. You, it isolates you, right? So uh, no, what happens uh, if no, this is not are, true? Right? Just, just entertain it for a moment, right? Like, no, I, I can entertain yes, the idea I'm a, that I'm a terrible philosopher. Like, what happens if I'm just very yeah. glib? What happens if I'm just a sophist? What happens if I'm just verbally acute but fundamentally dense, right? I can entertain all of those possibilities and I could write. Yes. I can play the devil's advocate position. So my question is, Sanjay, what happens right. if you uh-huh. accept my case here that you have no proof, you have yeah. no evidence, and it's incredibly destructive to your life, and it will destroy your life. You understand this? This will destroy uh, your life. It will destroy your health. It's already destroyed your relationships. It destroyed your career. It's destroying your finances. Yeah. So this will destroy your life. What if it wasn't true? What would happen to you emotionally if you just tried mm-hmm. that hat on for size, that it just wasn't true? Just wasn't. You're not being targeted. It's all just accidental. Maybe it's hallucinatory. Maybe you need to get your ears checked. I don't know. 
But what if there is no energy weapons? What if there is no big group of people who are harassing you? What happens to you emotionally? Because it seems to me that if you're not being targeted by these people, who cares Uh about you? No, it's not true. So you are, uh, I think your conclusion was based on uh, what we spoke about, which is, of course, a very, very small fraction of what has actually transpired. Yes, but I'm going to assume you give me the most convincing uh, stuff, right? I'm not going to assume you give me, I assume that there's not way more convincing stuff. Otherwise, I just have to reach through the phone and slap you upside the head. Because if you have really convincing proof that you've kept from me for two and a half hours, that would be crazy. No, I I don't have uh, uh, a convincing proof uh, in the way that you are. No, no, you have uh, no convincing proof uh, end of sentence, my friend. You keep putting in these weasel words. Well, according to my perspective, well, I have no proof according to your standards. Like, you have no proof. You have no, no proof. So let me ask you again, that, uh, Sanjay, yeah. what happens to your emotions? What happens to your heart? What happens to your feelings if uh-huh. you even imagine this not being true and being free of this uh-huh. belief? Yeah. Uh, what happens to my emotions if I am not free of this belief? If you are free of this belief, if you, if you just... If I could snap my fingers and have you go, wow, that was a pretty crazy interlude in my life where I believed a lot of crazy stuff. Whew, that's yeah. terrible. I'm not being targeted. I'm not yeah. being harassed. There's no state-sponsored yeah. and state-funded agencies trying to make me woozy with electric death rays uh-huh. from space. I'm going to rebuild my uh, life because I, this delusion almost took me down. Um, no, it's not possible for me to think like that because although I don't have... Uh, I don't have It is possible. Proof. Sanjay, do not be helpless in the face of these beliefs. No, you are more I'm you are help. more than these beliefs. I'm Why is it not possible for you I'm to change your mind? A battle. I'm I'm uh, because it's not the truth. How can I uh, You have no proof asking me to Don't tell I me about no, the truth when you have no proof, have my no, friend. I have no proof. I can show it to you, but I know the proofs that I have experienced. So proof is my experience. There's no there's no argument that says experience equals proof. I, I know. So you know uh, that there's I, hang I on think, Sanjay. You were yeah. in an institution, right? I visited my mother in yes. said place. Uh, yes. You know as well as I right. do that there are people in there who think that they're Napoleon, who think that they're Jesus, who think that they're yeah. the reincarnation of Buddha, who think that they're yeah. the reincarnation of whoever, right? Now, those people have genuine experiences yeah. that they honestly believe are true. Right, are right. they true? Right, right, right. Uh, are no, they true? Not necessarily. No, not always, yeah. Wait, are you saying that it's possible that some are the reincarnation of, of Napoleon? Uh, well, because I'm not... Uh, no, no, no. No, Sanjay, join me in the possible. sunlit plains of certainty. They are not the reincarnation <laughs> of Napoleon. Okay, they may be short. They may okay. put their hands inside their jackets. They may have a really funny kind of comb forward. But they are not the reincarnation of Napoleon. Neither are they Jesus. Neither are they Charles Manson come back to life from the dead, Right. There are people who are very certain uh, and completely wrong, right? Uh, people no, are but, still certain uh, that communism uh, Stephane, wins. The analogy. Uh, communism wins, no, but and they're Stephane, wrong. Sorry? Stephane, the analogy is faulty. Analogy has a point. The point is that if somebody says, I'm reincarnation of Napoleon, that is not possible. But if somebody says that uh, I am son of, uh, of Stefan, that is possible. So you can't say that because somebody said that uh, uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm reincarnation. No, but what you're saying, Sanjay, is also not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. What is not possible? No, which thing are you talking about is not possible? You being subject to this kind of covert harassment, 
is not possible. Uh, it is very much possible. No, no, no. You're accusing. There, hang, on, hang on. You're accusing. Yeah. You're accusing right. people of a crime. And it's a very serious accusation to accuse your society, your government, people around you yeah. of a crime. Right. So, what do they need? They need mm -hmm. motive. They need means. They need opportunity. That is so, the crime that you're accusing uh, them of. Which is why I've been asking uh, you. No. Hang on, hang on. Let me finish. No, Let me finish. Then you can reply. Okay. Yeah. Do they okay. have motive? No, they do not. Do they have means? They do. No, they do not. Because the technology that is required does not exist. Yeah. No, it does. It does not exist. Uh, you don't know it. Uh, no, it no, exists, it, does it does not exist. It does not exist. Now we are going into an area where you know we have to. Uh, have uh, uh, you know? Uh, real Are you telling? No, no. So, I'm not going into this. Yes, well, the the government exactly. may have stolen it from the belly of spaceships or like from Alpha Centauri. You're saying that you're being affected by well, uh, an energy weapon that cannot mm -hmm. be detected in any way, yeah. shape, or form, even though it's supposed to mess and scramble with your physiology, which means it ha has a particular wavelength. So you're incorrect. About I did that. not say that it cannot be detected. Have you been no, able no, to no, detect no, it? Stephen, I didn't say that. You said you've been I unable did not to say detect it. Cannot it. I said I have been unable. I did not say it cannot be detected. It's difficult to detect. It's difficult to pinpoint. <laughs> no, because, no, no. If because it, it's not detectable. Because that's that, it's no, not no, detectable. I didn't say it's not detectable. You are saying it's not detectable. It's not detectable I, because it has to hit a particular wavelength to affect your body. It's not detectable. No. So you're asking for something to affect uh, your body, which is completely undetectable. You can't have it. That no, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in no, reality. It's like saying, I, I want a sound without any wavelengths. I want light without any wavelengths or photons or anything like that. No, but uh, Stefan, you're putting words in my mouth, which I didn't say. I didn't say it is undetectable. I'm saying it is undetectable. It takes multiple You are a smart guy who is technologically sophisticated. Uh -huh. You are a computer programmer. You Not are unable Not to detect much. something which has a very specific wavelength, which you can buy something to detect it for 40 fucking dollars on eBay. Okay? It's undetectable, brother. No, but... No, but uh, but that forty dollar instrument it uh, magically can can't detect only it. Only in certain, <laughs> no, only in certain. See, energy is like that, Stefan. It has a wide. Uh, it has to be able to affect your body. Wavelength. You understand? So it can't be random wavelength. It has to be a wavelength of such that it affects your body, right? If no, it's too Stephen, short, it passes uh, through. If it's too that, long, I don't know. But anyway, you have no proof. Uh, yes. You no have proof, no proof. And uh, you're a smart guy who's been dealing with this off and on yes. for 10 years. Now, if I am looking in a fairly small section of beach for a treasure I say yeah. is buried one foot under, for 10 years off and yeah. on I've been searching, and I say, uh -huh. well, I haven't found it, doesn't mean it's not there. It kind of does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, that analogy is also not correct because, say, if you were trying to build a rocket ship, you know, you're also smart. I'm trying In to build one. You can't build it uh, if you're trying to build a rocket ship. And you are a smart person as well uh, and smarter than me. So, if you're trying to build a rocket ship, you can spend your whole life and single handedly you cannot build a rocket ship, Stefan. It's not possible. It takes teams, it takes people with specialized skills to be able to build a rocket ship. It takes billions of dollars. Yes, but let's ship. say that I try and build a rocket ship and don't get it right. I still have something detectable called a rocket ship. And even if you say there's all these teams, yeah. they still need to hit you with an energy weapon that affects your body, which means it's detectable in some manner. Yeah, but the uh, uh, thing with energy is that it starts with zero gigahertz and goes to hundreds of uh, 
uh, hundreds of gigahertz. And there's not it goes from one, one instrument. From 10, uh, it 10 starts, yards? starts from zero hertz. starts from zero hertz. It's wave, uh, the wavelength of energy. starts from zero hertz and goes to hundreds of gigahertz. There's right. not one instrument uh, which can measure, uh, uh, which can detect the whole. Uh, because energy is complicated. You know, energy has different manifestations. Energy is complicated. So, energy has different. I don't yes, feel like you're yes. treating me like I'm smarter than you are. <laughs> energy has different manifestations. Uh, <gasps> Sanjay, no, don't say it's true. I'm, energy has different manifestations. <laughs> My goodness, I'm shocked. It, it has. It it has. Uh, it has because it, uh, if you look at light, you know, like how light much time also. and energy and money have you spent yeah. trying to detect these energy rays? Uh, well, I'm always on my toes, so my. I don't think on your toes is a scientific is, argument. Uh, no, uh, I meant to say that I'm always trying to agree, so I will keep moving around all that. No, no. You, so, Sanjay, the so answer is you have not. Much. Listen, yeah. you have yeah. not spent time, money, and energy trying to detect these rays. Why? Because you're terrified they're not there. It's the same reason you, you can get a tox screen no. from a doctor pretty easily. It's, very, it's pretty cheap. It's pretty easy. You just have to ask no. for it. There's a reason no, why. You didn't go to the doctor. There's a reason why, with, with an ask for tox screen, there's a reason why you didn't go to the landlord. There's a reason why you didn't go to your neighbors. There's a reason why you did go to the police, right? Which is, uh, no, it's Stephane, very difficult for you emotionally if you're not the focus of all of this yeah. attention. If you're just a lonely guy no, who's been kicked out of his family and who this. barely gets to see his no. child and has been fired last week, you're just a lonely guy that no one's really paying attention to if you're not part of this whole state-sponsored, state-funded harassment campaign. Mm -hmm. You're just a lonely guy who's got no wife, who barely has a child, who has no friends, who has mm -hmm. no job. You're alone. And I think rather than deal with the pain of being alone, you're making up a whole world where everyone's really focused on you and everyone's really interested in you, everyone really cares about you. And I've seen this before, no, Sanjay. I did not make. I have seen this before. No, but I did I'm not telling make you clearly, my friend, and I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to save you right, because yeah. I've seen how this plays out, and it's horrible. Right, right. You know what this is going to do no, to your I'm life. I'm paying right? the price for it, so I know. You know how bad. Uh, right. No, I'm paying the price for it, so I know. Like so, my mother. Bad. It turned out to hang be on, bad. Hang on, yeah. my mother. There's a reason yeah. why I'm spending so much time on this call, right? Right. My mother believes mm -hmm. that doctors poisoned her and that's why she beat her kids and that's why her life was terrible and that's why she was unable to sustain a relationship. And she right. also believes that she was being targeted mm -hmm. by unseen unknown forces, probably from the insurance company, and a car passed by mm -hmm. once and it mm -hmm. backfired, you know, right? So naturally, she thought, mm -hmm. of course, that people were shooting at her. Some graffiti was written in a building across mm -hmm. the way from the little apartment building she lives in, the little apartment yeah. she lives in. Some graffiti uh -huh. was sprayed, and she thought it was a message of warning to her to stay away from this topic that she was approaching. Right. And yep. there are a large number of innocuous events that she interpreted as a big conspiracy against mm -hmm. her from a wide variety of people who were obsessed with her and focused on her and interested in her and what she did. When the reality was, she had no real friends. Her children, well, I won't speak for others. Uh, I did not enjoy spending time with her and haven't seen her in mm -hmm. close to 20 years now, I think. 
And she had no husband. She had no boyfriend. Nobody cared about mm-hmm. her. And mm-hmm. when we have that kind of void or that vacuum in our heart, like we're a social yeah. animal, Sanjay. You know that as well as I do. We need people around us. We want people mm-hmm. around us. And you don't yeah. have people around you. You don't have people who care about you because if you had people who care about you, they would be having mm-hmm. these conversations with you. And so this also uh, no, isolates but, you I, from people because you start bringing this no, up, but, up with people and they take three steps backward. Yeah, and they no, don't want to have anything to do with you because it's nuts. Uh, no, so no, I, I have seen how – hang on, hang on. I'll be done in a second. Then you can have all the, all the time you want. So I'm just – I'm telling you straight up, man. This leads to a very terrible place in life. My mother, for okay. as long as I've known her – As an adult, she sleeps with a giant knife under her pillow because she's terrified that this conspiracy Mm -hmm. is going to take her down. So it has been an E-Day fix of hers for, let me just work on this now, over 35 years. She has been unable to budget. She has been unable to reason with it. She's been unable to push back against it, even though I tried (laughs) and strove mightily to help her unsuccessfully, as I fear this will be the case with you. Because maybe you've indulged in this fantasy for so long that it's become such a necessary part of your being that I'm asking you to remove an arm or a leg or an eye to get rid of it. But I'm telling you, if there's any chance that 0.1% of doubts that you might have about what is going on in your life, I'm trying to help you strengthen that 0.1%. Because you are very certain without proof. And the cost of what you believe is so extraordinary that it is literally is destroying your life. It is destroying your relationships. Okay. It's destroying your capacity to be a father. Mm-hmm. I agree with your wife as far as custody goes. Because if you have these delusions, it is not, in my view, particularly mm-hmm. healthy and maybe not even that safe for you to be around your daughter. Again, I'm just telling you my amateur opinion, of course, here, right? So why would you love this belief more than you love your family? Why would you love this belief more than you love your job? Why would you love this belief more than you love your career? The answer, Sanjay, is because it makes you feel important. It makes you feel like people are focused on you. It gives you an imaginary tribe, even if that tribe is out to get you. And I'm saying, don't get sucked into this ghost world of imaginary tribes. Let it go. Find reason. Find evidence. Connect with people and view this as a terrible passage in your mm-hmm. life that you're stronger for having put behind you. No, uh, because it is a truth. It is the truth. All right. Well, is, uh, I gave it. Uh, I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. I gave it a yeah. shot. I did not have much yes. hope that you were going to see reason in this. So, it's mm-hmm. not the truth. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. But you want it to be the truth well, because I mean, the alternative is too painful, and so you're trapped. You, uh, no. this belief is what's circling you I, and attacking you, not objective people and shadowy no, government not really. conspiracies. No, no, not really. So when I, for example, <laughs> went to India. That's kind of no, binary. Was, All right, well, Sanjay, for, uh, I gave it a good shot. I certainly yep. wish you the best, although Great. I do not think you will achieve anything positive with this. I gave it a shot, and I knew that there was very little chance of being able to budge you on this, but I will say that I hope it's helpful for other Mm -hmm. people in the earlier stages of these kinds of beliefs to just let go of these fears and connect with people, because the one thing I've seen in my research on the covert harassment stuff and the gang-stalking stuff 
is people are extraordinarily lonely. And then the only way they can find a target, unfortunately, the only way they can find a connection is with other people who share this belief and thus it reinforces and it feeds on itself. And the only community Mm -hmm. they have is other people who share this delusion, which means that their community leads them to be more isolated. And this is why it becomes so hard to solve. But I'm going to do one more caller tonight, but I do appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks. All right. Well, up next, we have Bob. Bob wrote in and said, why is it reasonable to fight for our home here in the United States while vilifying the South Africans' cause? I completely understand the arguments of whites making South Africa objectively better on socioeconomic metrics, but that's their home. Some argue that the South African whites have also established a home there. There is a real problem in this thinking. I understand their culture has problems and an undesirable state in our eyes, but that's their home. That's actually their only home on the planet. We can't say one moment that a Mexican child who came here at a severely young age who only knows America is her home does not actually have a claim here, while also saying that whites in South Africa only know South Africa as their home. That's from Bob. Hello, hello. Bob, I've missed you. I can't even tell you. I have been yeah. pining for the Bobness. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm going to have to um, interrupt with two things. One. What happened you, to your you, microphone? It used to be so good. What it's like you, you were whispering about? sweet nothings into into my ear. Now it sounds like you're trapped with one arm pinned under a boulder in a canyon. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, one, two, three. How's that? Uh, it's still pretty bad, but we'll survive. Okay. So two things. I'm sorry. I'll have to interrupt. One, um, I am. My wife is maybe one or two weeks away from having our first child, and I am obsessed with. Peaceful parenting. Hey, congratulations to you both, Bob. Congratulations. That's wonderful. I want to thank you for that. Um, I have drunk the Kool-Aid, or not drunk the Kool-Aid, I've maybe thrown up the other (laughs) Kool-Aid. You you sound ambivalent already. (laughs) (laughs) And the next thing, this is really quick. Uh, You won me over at the end of that last call. Uh, that That was a very good attempt, very valiant effort. Yeah, because people say, well, why are you talking to this person? Why? I'm not talking to this person. I'm playing for mankind here, Bob Marley style. You know, I'm talking to lots of people. There are some people earlier on that journey who have a chance to turn. I don't think he does, but I appreciate that. Thanks. Okay, so about South Africa, well, let's let's start with you. You've heard the uh, the contention, I might say. That's a brilliant point, Bob. I'd never thought of that, which is not to say that every, <laughs> it sounds so vain, you see every thought I've never had must be superlatively brilliant. But when you say we can't say in one moment that a Mexican child who comes to here at, at a severely young age who only knows America as their home does not actually have a claim here, while also saying that whites in South Africa who only know South Africa as their home, right? I mean, that's that's incredible, right? Because so that, that's, that's the whole argument behind the dreamers or say, well, they came here when they were three or four or five. This is the only home they know and they can't go back. And it's like, but the whites in South Africa were there before almost all the blacks, except for the Khoi or the sand people and so on, who have unfortunately been so brutalized and marginalized by uh, the the blacks who came down from the north, uh, in particular the Bantu and the, the um, oh, the Zulus that... Um, yeah, I mean, and and the the land was taken uh, through trade. Uh, it was taken through sometimes the right of conquest, which was recognized by all the African tribes in the in the region, and it has been massively infused with labor and technology to the point where each farm in South Africa feeds like three thousand people, which you couldn't get prior to that, of course. So it is um, 
it is a brutal thing when people say, well, why don't they just leave? Well, then a lot of the families have been in South Africa longer than America's even been a country. Hmm. Uh, wait, so when, when I, I'm a tiny bit confused, when you say they just leave, you said the... Oh, sorry. You, what I meant was people say, well, why don't, the, why don't the whites in South Africa just leave? And uh -huh. the, the fact is that, that they've been there longer than America's been a country, right? Some of, these, um, some of these Boers, right? Some of the Dutch settlers and the other settlers as well. So it is as much their well, country as anyone else's. But of course, the story in South Africa, as it was in Zimbabwe and as it was in other places, is that the whites stole the land from the blacks. The whites are colonialists and usurpers, and the whites should just go back to Europe. Because you see, Europe supposedly is the land of the whites. The whites should go back to Europe and should not be in Africa, which should only have black people in it. And of course, that's not considered racist. But if you try to say anything like that about Europe or anything like that, people will just oh, go insane, right? Okay, so, okay, you actually make a good point. However, you have two competing groups in one geographic area. Which are the two groups? You, well, it, just for the sake of this argument, you have the Boers, the, uh, the original Dutch settlers, or the descendants of the Dutch settlers, and then you have the actual Africans. And you, you have these two competing groups, and there is, it's pretty clear, I, I, feel, I feel very crude saying this, but one, it is, it is simply the only home for one group, while the other group does actually have another home available to them. You mean the Boers can go back to Europe? Yes. Okay. No, so that's, that's, let's break that down. So why, why are they competing groups? Why, why can't they all just get along? Why can't they just, right, the, the Boers have their land? And it's not, see, the blacks don't want the land of the Boers. That's very clear. Because the government for many decades has had a whole program which says if you can show that somehow the land was unjustly acquired, even if it was the right of conquest, was you can get the land back. And the vast majority of the blacks, they say, well, you can have the land back or you can just get some money. And the vast majority of blacks, like 95% of the blacks who go through that process, just want the money. They don't, well, they don't want the land. So the idea that, that there's some big competition like... Why? Well, the blacks like to live in the cities and they don't like well, to farm in particular. And the Boers are excellent farmers. So why could there not just be coexistence? Aha, that, that I was hoping you'd ask this question. And the, the answer, okay, so let me go back a little. We have this, we have two conflicting ideas, both you and me, both you and I. We have the idea that culture can can replace race as far as a group of people are concerned. But we also, both you and I, recognize the importance of race and how tribal most people are. And when I say most, I mean a, a, a vast majority of the people. So this idea of coexisting, I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I did a cursory um, reading of all the laws of the apartheid laws you know, the laws were pretty, were, were not nice. They were not nice and they disenfranchised different groups there. This idea of getting along, there was no attempt, very much like the one in the United States, to create equal rights and opportunity for everyone. Hello? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. 
Okay, so that is so that is why this idea of them and uh, the 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 reason that we can't get along is because I think, and this is going to be a very controversial idea. Wait, Bob, I, I, we never allow controversial ideas on this show. <laughs> it's not possible. No, go. I on. think the I think that the whites that 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 European based people want it both ways. They want to have the cheap labor and they want to, oh, at the same time, they want to quote unquote get along with the people and create a create a single society, and I and that that creates problems. That creates huge problems that you see in the United States and that you see in South Africa. Do you, you understand how I'm th- saying that's related to this? I do, but you know, let's let's deal with the elephant in the room, right? So the IQ issue in South Africa is pretty clear that the average black in sub-Saharan Africa has an average IQ of 70 or low 70s, right? And that's the bottom 2 or 3% of the white population. So one of the problems, of course, that happened, so at the post-Second World War period, the numbers of blacks and the numbers of whites in South Africa were more or less equal. And now there are eight times more blacks than whites. And the reason for that is white technology, it's, it's science, it's, it's medicine, it's, it's um, food production, it's uh, sanitation, like all of the stuff that comes from the higher IQ population. And that's one of the reasons why the vote was not extended to blacks at the time, because the concern was saying, look, we, I mean, the, the IQ studies have been known for a long time uh, uh, in, in South Africa. So, yeah, there was some concern about, well, first of all, once communism took root within the black community, which it did very deeply and very powerfully in the post-war period, and I understand that to some degree, of course, because the communists were saying, well, you're not being treated equally and we're going to fight for your rights, and I understand all of that. But once communism took root, communism teaches such class hatred, and because of the IQ division between the blacks and the whites in South Africa, the richer class, so to speak, was generally whites, and the poorer class was generally blacks. And, you know, again, I think IQ, there's some culture, whether it's genetic or environmental, is not particularly important. That was the reality, and it hasn't budged much in the intervening time. So once the Marxists come along, they say, there's no, there's no such thing as IQ differences. The only difference between rich and poor, between whites and blacks, comes about because of exploitation. The, the, because you, you brought a little bit, I'm not saying you're a communist, but you brought up some of this like cheap labor and stuff like that. Um, capitalists don't want cheap labor at all. Capitalists want profitable labor. There's a very, very big difference, right? So if you say, well, capitalists just want cheap labor, well, you can get an actor for free to star in your movie, but instead they pay Julia Roberts $20 million. Why? They don't, I mean, they could get labor much more cheaply, but Julia Roberts is a good, or Denzel Washington, if you like, is a very good investment because People would come and see the movie just because they're in it, right? Because there's kind of a quality factor involved in their movies. So in South Africa, because the communists came in and said to the blacks, the only reason why you're poor and the whites are rich is the whites stole all your stuff and stole your land and stole your culture and stole your history and stole your children and did all these terrible things. Well, that's a powder keg. And once the communists get in with that story, they generate such unbelievable hatred against whites on the part of blacks that for whites to then give equal rights to blacks who vastly outnumber them is to sign their own death warrant. Okay. Uh, Sorry, there was so much in there. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was, uh, 
I need a moment to consider that, and I'll do that. Um, yeah, no, take your time, man. This is a uh, that's complicated stuff for sure. Wait, uh, I sound like the last caller. It's complicated. <laughs> so, you just answered your previous question. You said, "Why can't they coexist?" And then later, you ex you explained the massive ability gap between these two groups. It doesn't mean they can't coexist. But but it kind of does. <laughs> well, only if there are communists in there saying there is no ability gap, it's all exploitation. Um, well, okay, but okay, now, you're, now you're suggesting that people of 70 IQ can understand an ability gap. What? Oh, what well, I yeah, that's a point. <laughs> I don't know because I don't, I haven't really worked with many people who have an IQ in the 70s, so I don't really know what they can and can't understand. But I think they can understand the results of, say, an IQ test. They just give everyone an IQ test that's, you know, fair and administered objectively and is not culturally specific as they aren't these days. Well, and then at okay. least there's some explanation. And, and you can say to the people with the IQ of, of the 70s, look, you're not any sadder. It's not like they're happier, right? Because well, that's, that's so terrible that there's no big difference in happiness between high and low IQ. And so saying, look, okay, they have more stuff. They also have more worries. It doesn't mean that they're happier. Uh, you can still have a wonderful life. You can have a great life. You can have community. You can have family. You can have song and dance and, and all kinds of wonderful stuff. You can, you can have your own culture and, and great stuff can happen in your life. But you're not going to be an engineer, right? Any, any more than I'm going to be a pro ball player, right? Like, his, I mean, basketball in particular, right? So I think if things are explained in a way that makes sense, you know, like when people look at uh, the, the the prevalence of, of blacks in America in the NBA, I don't think anyone says, boy, there's a huge amount of anti-white racism on the part of NBA owners. It's like, no, they're just let me, really good at it. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me say this. Um, th so your idea about communists uh, stirring the pot, that's basic. Uh, I, did, I don't think I said capitalists want cheap labor. I, I, I said... I was particularly talking about lefties and, and a lot of Republicans who are Republican in name only. Um, oh, right. So like the immigration thing. And I, I agree with that, actually, the immigration idea that uh, the reason why they like illegal immigrants pouring in is it drives down wages. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when, we go back to, when we go back to that 70 IQ thing, I'd like for you to think for a moment about who is actually capable of having this conversation with you. Who's capable of having the conversation that IQ and race are linked? It's like you and Sam Harris. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to Wait, pat you. Know, the, the, the rest of that rubbish. song, for those who don't know, is Steph and Sam Harris sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. <laughs> no, T-A-L-K-I-N-G about IQ and race. Right. <laughs> okay, but look, there are... There are brilliant blacks all over the world, right? No, no question, right? I mean, even in America, right, you've got an average IQ in the black community of 85 or so. But 20% of blacks are smarter than the average white in America. There's, there's millions of brilliant blacks in America, right? So yeah. it's not like you're saying – and in, in Africa, there are blacks uh, who are very, very – smart. Even in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, it's not as many, but there. So here's the thing. Given that you're not just talking to a population with an 
a total like like the average IQ is in the low seventies. That means that there's lots of smarter smarter blacks. So the smarter blacks can also explain and and sort of it goes to me down the um, IQ ladder, so to speak. And this is true of all groups, right? The smarter groups teach the less smart groups teach the less smart groups, and it kind of trickles down. So I do think there's a way to get all of this across. I'm no, not no, saying no, it's no, going to no, be the no, easiest no, thing, but if if the blacks in sub-Saharan Africa, and don't get me wrong, there's lots of white communists down there too, but if the blacks in sub-Saharan Africa can can go with communism, why can they not also go with ability differences? It's not like communism is this totally oh, simple idea. Uh-huh. Okay, there, you, you, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it like that. Because what, what is the particular difference between that IQ gap? I mean, I think, I think the number is in the mid-80s, where under that, you, you have an extraordinary problem delaying gratification. And so what do you, what do you, now what are you offering to this person with a 70 IQ? I mean, 70 is extraordinarily low. You're offering them now. You on your side are offering them this answer. Life is tough. You can still be happy. And on the other side, and, and work, and work harder, and things will, will likely get better over time. And the other answer is the precise opposite of that gratification curve. It's no, someone has taken it from you, so we will give it, we will need to band together and take it back from them. But isn't, isn't that, you know, and I just, by the by, Bob, I just think that's so horrible, not what you're saying, but just this whole, well, here's a, here's a group of people, their IQs on average are in the low 70s, so I'm going to gin them up, make them extremely angry, extremely hateful of whites or of groups uh, with, with higher abilities, even within their own community, right? I mean, you know as well as I do that, and I think we talked about this before, that the blacks of high ability, even in the States, are often referred to, you know, as the Oreos and, you know, like the, the teacher's pets and, you know, like there's this, they're somehow not yeah, black yeah. because oh. they're succeeding and doing well. And I think we've talked about all of that before. But what a terrible thing to do to take this group and just gin them up with hatred and resentment and then get them to attack the very people who have given them the food that keeps them alive. I mean, what a viciously cruel thing to do to this group of people. But but this group of people, okay, let's be really clear. This group of people were not totally benevolent, right? The whites in South Africa created laws. They created the, you know, the Marriage Exclusion Act in the mid, in the mid 20th century. They, they created like no immoral or undecent acts across racial lines. It, it wasn't really the same as what we have here. So I, I, what I'm trying to suggest is that it might be substantially easier to gin up the kind of hysteria about which you're speaking. And the hysteria is, is offering the child candy over spinach. <laughs> it's saying, look, we can screw, screw that. Your IQ is just the same. You've been robbed. Let's go rob them back right now. Right. Or, sorry, you know, you see how that guy was born tall and you were born short. That guy was born smarter and you were born dumber. And so I think when you, when you say, why can't they coexist? If you, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I guess you'd, you'd have a, an extraordinarily difficult time eradicating leftism from the world and good luck with that <laughs> no i'm almost done haven't you noticed <laughs> just a few <laughs> yeah. a few last pockets of resistance to mop up i think uh, uh yeah it's called 
basically the entire United States, well, every large city in the United States. <laughs> Isn't it weird how, according to the narrative, <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh only ever raped Democrat women? Isn't that weird? You know, 50-50, you know? You, they, you know, it's just, but never seems to happen. Anyway, um, the coexistence stuff, okay, listen, I, I'm not here to defend apartheid, obviously. I'm certainly not here to defend everything that the whites ever did in South Africa. No question, no doubt. I mean, there was nasty stuff involved for sure and wrong and immoral and, and evil stuff involved. So the question then becomes, how does it play out? Well, we know how this plays out because we've seen it play out in Zimbabwe. We know how this plays out. Well, how The way it plays out is the whites either get killed or they get driven out. And then the rule of law collapses, international investment collapses, businesses collapse, and starvation sets in, right? This is very clear, right? You get hyperinflation, you get like, and, and then what happens is a bunch of often white Western singers go warbling their way across the internet uh, begging for food, which is um, really putting a Band-Aid on a sucking chest wound of cultural disintegration. And so I I don't want that to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't. I mean, this is Yeah, but, terrible. but that's, I, I, this is going to sound pretty shitty. That's their culture. That's their home. That's their culture. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I mean, I know what the words mean. I'm just not sure where that flows. That, that's their, their, their culture is corruption and concentration of power. To be fair, that's basically the culture of every country on the planet with, with a exception of a few European countries, of most of Western Europe, I guess, I would say. Well, no, here's an interesting thing. Uh, sorry, and I forgot because I was going to mention this about the deferral of gratification stuff. So, yeah, I think it's true that the less intelligence you have, the harder it is to defer gratification, no question. However, I think that's why we need a more free society because, for instance, the, the blacks in America, as I've mentioned before, had a stronger family unit than even the whites in the 20s and the 30s. And so the, the, what happened? Well, the welfare state came in and, and you name it, right? Communism came in and, and all that. And so I think that the less smart you are, the more you need immediate feedback on the consequences of deferring gratification. And... I think in, in certainly the black community had a lot stronger families and a lot stronger work ethic and a lot stronger educational ethic that was doing the black communities in America enormous good up until the welfare state. I mean, the number of blacks, as you know, coming out of the poverty and into the middle class in the 50s was unprecedented in all of human history. And I would just have loved to have seen where that could have gone in, in history. But I think that people who are less smart can make good decisions regarding the deferral of gratification. They just don't make them at a very abstract way, right? They make them at a more immediate way. And the welfare state, by pushing negative consequences off right. to economic collapse semi-infinity, gives it, it fogs up the signals too much to the point where people can make generations of terrible decisions before the consequences I, hit I, home. I, I agree. Um, I'd like to say something odd. I, what I what I find strange is that uh, that this seems to be happening certainly in Australia. It's happening in the United States. Wait, what's Hap happening? Oh, I'm sorry. It, I, I said it before I explained what it is. <laughs> uh, it being the whites are looking around and going, whoa, 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 wait a second. 
our culture is changing extraordinarily fast. And there are, there are simply three, three options that are happening here, three options that are chosen by the leaders. The, the prevailing zeitgeist is, oh, it's all, it's all fine. All cultures are the same. They're all equal. We love diversity. Okay, we're, we're not going to address that one. That one's complete and utterly ridiculous. The second one is we will convert them. We will convince them that this culture is the way they want to live. Now, let me give you a little quick story here. I was at um, a congressman candidate's dinner party, and it was super Republican. <laughs> Everybody there was old and white except me and my cousin. Super Republican. I, I, get, I get a very cuck cape vibe, but okay. <laughs> and, um, and the guy said, you know, he said, we, we can't. We can't deport 10, 20 million people. We can't do that. And then later I said, I raised my hand and I said, the most extreme right, including me, say deport every single one, everybody who's here illegally. The extreme left says make them all citizens. But the middle, and this is really important, the middle says, the, the middle where we're fought, where we're stuck in this gridlock, the middle is we'll just keep battling it out. But if you look at the birth rates, if you actually look at the birth rates, the middle is the left winning. Yeah. And so the Republicans, the non-Trumpian Republicans, are saying, we believe that every Latino has to vote Democrat. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was around a bunch of decent people, so I didn't laugh aloud. <laughs> And and that's really what we are. That's our other. That's Sorry, our other. you just cut out there for a sec, Bob. You were saying that the Republicans were saying that we just have to convince more Latinos to vote Democrat. Yeah, oh, to vote to vote Republican. You mean? Yes, of course. Right. And I think that it's enough to convince them to stop flying their flag here and burn our flag. <laughs> you're gonna, well, you're this is the other thing too. Again, not to you know beat the IQ drum, but any any time it doesn't show up in these particular conversations is. Important to note that you've got Hispanics who've got average IQs in the mid to high 80s. And if there's a welfare state, they're going to do better voting for free stuff than they are often going to work. Because as you yep. know, like when you start to get around to the mid 80s, it's really, really hard to find productive jobs for people in a modern economy. Yes. The jobs absolutely. that haven't been automated. like. I don't have any big magic solution other than it would be great if we hadn't had a welfare state with all the dysgenics involved with that. But the reality is, if you don't talk about the IQ stuff, then you can make wave this magic wand and saying, well, yeah, we, you know, we will get a population with an average IQ in the mid to high 80s to really understand the entire history of economic freedom and independence and, and worker productivity lines and you know, like it's like, no, that in general, they're going to do much better off financially just by voting for free stuff. And that puts them squarely in the camp of the left. And that's not going to change magically because you have a good argument. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. So, what so, do they say when you put your hand up and said, hey, whiteies, what, you, what did you say? <laughs> so, um, well, my cousin actually doubled down on my argument, but I would like to. Um, so, so we had those three choices. Let's go through them uh, really quick uh, again. Uh, the left says all cultures are the same. Let everybody in. It doesn't matter. All cultures are equal. Well, unless uh, any white the, South Africans want to come in. Then they won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. 
<laughs> well, that's another. Or even the Hispanics from Cuba who hate communism. So, yeah, yeah, welcome those guys. They hate communism. They hate socialism. Um, but uh, the, the middle argument, which is the rhino argument of, you know what, we can keep them here. We can convince them. I think that's bullshit. And the last one is the ultra-nationalist argument, which says, if you're going to be here, you will be American, period, or you leave. And I think that the I think that one is the only workable solution. And honestly, I think it's the only workable solution in South Africa for the whites or the blacks. All right. Well, hang on. Just before we get into that, there is another one. There is another one. Okay. So the other one is something like this, and this is not entirely fleshed out. And I'll I'll keep it brief, Bob. But uh, it goes sort of something like this. So you try and convert as many people from being dependent on the government to being productive employees in a largely free market environment. And that way, they become interested in lowering taxes, they become somewhat less accepting of the welfare state mentality, because they are now paying for the welfare state rather than benefiting from the welfare state. So there's that aspect. You uh, do put in things like E-Verify, and you do uh, try and make sure, of course, that illegals don't have access to everything under the sun from healthcare to education to you name it, right? Or voting, even these days. And then what happens is there is, uh, and we've seen this happen before with the economic crash of 07, 08, there's what's called self-deportation, which you know all about, which is where it becomes tougher and tougher to get a job in America. You're not rounding people up, but they're just saying, okay, well... Um, it's it's too tough to make a go of it here. We can easily go and make a go of it in Mexico, and then they go and they're productive in Mexico rather than staying in America. So there are other ways that you can do it other than deportation or the rollover. I I strong okay. So that's 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 basically the second one I said. Um, but you know, said more eloquently, I still think it's a pipe dream, and I still think that we'll be speaking. Spanish is a first language before that day will come. <laughs> Plus nine for English. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So, so uh, well, anyway, this is, this is basically... But how do you, yeah. sorry, just how, how do you then enforce the values? How do you say you got to become American or you go? Like, how, how does that look on the ground? Okay, so, well, you're not going to like... Well, first of all... Just be frank, have, man. Just, you know... <laughs> I have to do the things... The first thing I have to do is the things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's step one. <laughs> Make it not a free ride. Make it, and that's actually, it's not really cheating taking your answer because that's part of our values. I mean, being an American is not being, I mean, I don't know if, you're, if you know about Dean Alfonge's uh, American creed, but being subsistence, having subsistence by the government is not part, that is not being American. That is the opposite of what being an American is. Right. And so that, that is step one, basically everything you said. And step two, and this, I don't, I don't know how this can be done, but we need more nationalism. I, I don't know how we can balance that with freedom of speech, but we need people who actually love our country and our Well, country. for that, though, you have to uproot the leftists from the universities, and that means no longer guaranteeing student loans and cutting university budgets peacefully and through the free market hugely, because right now... Uh, universities are just massive, swollen, brain-deadening indoctrination centers run by leftists because the government keeps guaranteeing everyone's loans. And so if you get rid of that, or at least give students the ability to discharge student loans 
like everyone else can uh, through bankruptcy and that will that will help a lot but the idea i mean that's a long cultural battle but the way to start is uh to to really hit the universities and and get them to actually face the free market by stopping uh, all of these ridiculous yep. subsidies i actually yeah I, okay so you and i are in i guess we're not in terrible disagreement at all actually uh, i just think that i think your way is 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 untenable currently in this current political climate it's enough to get the government to stop making us pay for abortion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. What is it? Uh, was it Planned Parenthood is spending thirty million dollars on the midterms? It's like, why are they getting subsidies at all if they got thirty million dollars to blow on, on the midterms? Anyway, that's because we're paying for all the abortions. Oh yeah, right. The eradication of of, of Americans while non-Americans are are pumping out all the children and Look, blacks um, in particular, right? Absolutely. I mean, the highest uh, is it the so, highest abortion rates held by the black community in in like I think Candace Owens was saying to me like 50, 60 percent I think it was of, of oh, black kids okay. aborted in, in the some, world in some of the large cities. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's extra. Okay, so but I'd like to wrap up by saying this: I since that middle way can't work, the the the, the longer that middle that that second route of of doubling down on our values, changing our our at least our political culture. The longer that takes, then then the fourth answer will happen, and that fourth answer is what white people do every few decades, which is oh no, no no, <laughs> do not poke that blonde beast. <laughs> Whatever you <laughs> do, man. That's what's going to happen. And, okay, so what? Really just just spell it out for people. What what a, what a, what do white people do every couple of decades, other than go from being nice to not so nice? But how do you see that playing out? Well, every couple of decades after they've invited other cultures into their into Germany and Greece and Italy or whatever, and they and they say explicitly when the people come in, they say, "Hey, hey, this place is sweet. I know you want to be here. It's nice. We can enjoy it together. Just be like us. Mm. Just act like us." And then eventually, after you know, there's a mosque on every other corner. Eventually, the whites look around and say, "Okay, it's time." Right. <laughs> and then they do what they did in um, Bosnia Herzegovina, in Germany, and well, it started in Greece. It never, it never got into, it never got to a big level. Uh, but that's what white people do every once in a while. Well, I and think I, it's fair to say that that's what every group does when they feel like they're being overrun. Yes, yes, I, I, absolutely. But whites are particular because. Whites are so racist that they let everybody into their countries. <laughs> so whites are particularly do this. Uh, it, it, it's, it's different when whites do. I can't believe, Bob, that you of all people would be so insensitive to the black experience to say that America is a white country. It's a biracial country. Well, okay, so yes, it is, but it's, it's a European foundation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my wife is actually going to test to be a citizen tomorrow morning. And Your wife my, from Eastern Europe, if I remember rightly. From Eastern Europe. Her mother's here. She speaks about three words of English. And so my cousin and I, we Hands all off acted daughter. out. Sorry. <laughs> we, we all acted out the different amendments of the Constitution. Nice. And, and she tra translated to her. And so... So what I'm, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, 
Oh, let me get back. Um, oh, we were this, talking about the sort of biracial nature of yeah, America, at least for 400 years or so. The Constitution is a particular document. And I, I guess, re-fell in love with it, uh, you know, within the last week. It constantly references the powers granted to the people, mm. to the people, constantly, over and over. That is something that came from Europe. That is, I, I, there's, there's just yeah. nowhere around that. That is something that originated in the Enlightenment, and it came and it got codified here with the, the most pioneering people on the planet. Right. And, and so, I, yes, as far as ownership of the country goes, certainly it's a biracial country. But as far as culturally, it's, it's, it's based in European roots. I'm absolutely not going to disagree with you with that uh, at all, and I appreciate the correction. Now, uh, so tell me the plan for deportation, right? Because, I mean, that's something that, that you mentioned, and tell me how that shakes out. I mean, you know, there is that cliche, you know, it's door to door, you're kicking things in, you're checking paperwork, you're throwing people on buses. I mean, how do you see that playing out? Well, I, so I don't think it will happen. I honestly think that the fourth choice is what's going to eventually have to happen. And I'm afraid, I'm deathly afraid of that fourth choice. But, um, but the only plan for deportation that I think could ever work is to actually make it law that any illegal found, all of their property is seized and liquidated and used to send them back to their country. Hmm. I think that will create a lot of self-deportations. What about the complications of things like anchor babies with American citizens and all this kind of stuff? Oh, I, we talked about this before. I, I don't believe at all that the 14th Amendment, which was created for slaves, has anything to do with Guadalupe jumping over a line and having a Well, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, it's kind of preying upon the evils of slavery to use that to harvest Democrat voters from people who are uh, border jumpers. But, um, well, I don't know. I mean, would you just reverse that? I mean, that's a, I don't know. It's tricky, well, right? Well, okay. Yeah. So, so now you're talking about the practicality and you're, you're damn right about that. The practicality of that is a nightmare. However, the 14th amendment reads, I think verbatim, all persons born in the United States and in the state they reside are, are and under the jurisdiction of thereof are citizens of the United States. That under this jurisdiction thereof is really, really, really particular. And most people don't really recognize that because if you read the Article 2, Section 3 of the Mexican Constitution, those people are actually born under the jurisdiction of Mexico. Oh, right, because they're not citizens of the U.S., but rather are citizens of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. because the Mexican Constitution says clearly that children of Mexican citizens are Mexican. So they are born under their own jurisdiction, not under our jurisdiction. Do you think that the U.S. will maintain its integrity as a country through this process? In other words, do you think that there could be a breakup? Ah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, and, and this is why I constantly have this conversation now. Because the longer we wait, the worse it is. Hmm. It's just, that's just the way it is. The longer we wait, the more, because I'm, I'm having my first child as an old man. And, and, wait, you know, how old I'm, are you? And, oh, God. 
I am 40 years old, Mr. Molino. I don't ever tell people my age, but. 40. Um, yeah, okay. So you're not the spryest father on the block. I'm trying to think how old was I? I guess I was, uh, yeah, I was in my early 40s. I, I, I actually am the spryest on the block because I live in a wealthy neighborhood. And they're all. Oh, so you have all these Anthony Quinn dads. Yes, yes, exactly. But. But if you look in the Mex, if you look in the Mexican or the Muslim neighborhoods, oh my goodness! Oh yeah, not- yeah. No, I get it. I get it. So, um, no, just you know, stay spry. I remember you saying that you you exercise a lot and and stay fit. So yeah, I mean, that's all you really got to do, and you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. But anyway, but back to the so the the, the core of the conversation is really it it is and and as you said, ah, oh, and I loved how you started that speech. I watched you start a speech. The West is the best, <laughs> but we have to protect it. We have to actually, because the West is, is, is going away. And so, so all of this to say is if we really believe the West is the best, we have to fight harder to protect it because it is changing. It is changing and the people in power are saying, no, the West isn't the best. We're all equal, even though Donald Trump is still the president. Well, the other <laughs> thing too is the world doesn't agree. Because if we say we're all equal, then why isn't there an equal travel or movement of peoples from various countries and cultures to each other? You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that there are more Somalians coming to Minnesota than there are Minnesotans going to Somalia. You are, you are one of, if not the loudest voice that I've seen that says the West is the best. We have to protect this. Yeah. We have to keep this going. And I, I'm going to keep repeating it. We, we, we have to try. We have to try much, much harder than what we're doing. We are fighting a. We're fighting a battle where our middle position with the enemy is them winning. All wars I mean, of attrition end in defeat. There's no question of that. And I don't want to save the West as it is. Like the West is the best, but it's all the stuff we inherited from the past. The stuff that's around now is largely crap. It's largely garbage. It's largely you know relativism and leftists. Leftism and, and proto-communism and, and postmodernism and it's all, I don't know, just garbage. And it's the garbage that's cluttering up the clean pipes of history. So I don't want to go back to the past because that's not the Western way. The Western way is to have the creative destruction of constant reinvention. Yes, yes. And the only, well, the only way to do that is revolution or escape. And there's nowhere to escape. Except a space station or something? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this idea we're all going to get to Mars. Yeah, good luck with that. It's not uh, it's not a very friendly um, thing. And, you know, I mean, after communism turns Earth into the red planet, I'm not sure it's going to stop on the actual red planet either. So <laughs> so listen, just on a personal level, man, when when's your baby due? Was it next week, did you say? Uh, within the next two what, week or two. So how are you feeling about that? That's a, that's a big thing. I'm very, I'm very scared. Uh, we spent a week, you'll like this being a programmer. We spent a week doing uh, data aggregation to find the best name. And so what I did was I used. I, Is I it Muhammad? A, oh my God. No, not the most popular name. All right. Sorry. Sorry. The most future successful name. I, I downloaded. Um, different spreadsheets of salaries and names and they're pretty clear winners of uh who makes the most money um how many letters to have in your name things like that right so we're down to two or three names and uh 
Boy, girl, do you know? It's a girl. Ah, uh, well, get ready for some severe affection. As you know, if you're home with your kid a lot, I mean, the daddy's girl phenomenon is very real. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. So I'm sure you'll be drinking deep of the cup of, uh, uh, of daughter love, which is uh, a wonderful thing to experience. Well, okay, great. Well, I hope to talk to you again. Um, we'll see where, where that goes over the next decades. Uh, but that is, a, that is a fight which will come to a head. And uh, let me know. You drop me a note next week. Let me know what happens with, your, uh, with, your, with the birth and all that. Let me know how it goes. And uh, my very, very best to, to your wife and to you, of course. Uh, it's always a great pleasure to chat. So, yeah, just, just stay in touch, right? Wonderful. All right. Thanks, all right, man. And night. thanks, everyone, so much for listening and for watching this most gripping of shows. Boy, do we ever travel sideways through some topics, but um, freedomainradio.com slash donate. You know the drill, which is to please come and help me out at freedomainradio.com slash donate. Help out the show. Those repetitive donations, you know, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, hugely helpful for planning purposes. And you can go to fdrurl.com slash Amazon to do some shopping. It costs you nothing. The art of the argument for my book, sign up for the newsletter at free domain radio and also follow me on twitter at stefan molyneux have a wonderful wonderful evening my lovelies i will talk to you soon